got the pesticides in the groundwater. Got the pesticides in the groundwater. The pesticides is in the groundwater. We don't have a song yet, so I'm just trying to. And tax the rich. I said tax the rich. Tax the rich. Oh, yeah. Women's rights. Grace Kelly. Yeah. Who is that? Audrey Hepburn, Tax the Rich, Grace Kelly, Okay, cool. My for the for the um, future reference is it's Mr. Donnelly. Oh, okay, okay. Because I have Ebony. No, I'm on a podcast, huh? Is your mic good? Is it is it everything you need it to be? Are we starting right now? Yeah, we're just going to keep it rolling. Um, make sure you, you know, introduce some yourself. Some of this shit will come out, and Listen. some of it will stay in, and some of it will be edited to utter um, invisibility, edited to unrecognizability. That's what I meant. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of the... Hood Rat. The Much Embattled. To Head. Hood Rat to Head Rap. rap. Semi-annual <laughs> bicentennial <laughs> podcast. Thank y'all for listening. We don't have no regular schedule. I be seeing other podcasts post every week. I'm jealous. like, this is just fascinating. You be jealous. They must have a team. We need a team of what? Of producers, audio uh, engineers. You, you New York are Fashion all of those week. Now you need a team. Ooh. I see. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I don't know. Hi, everybody. But Hi. I, I guess we'll jump right. Happy into New it. Year! I'm just kidding. You know, <laughs> you know, we'll jump right into it. By the time I finish editing this, it will be. <laughs> we have high hopes for this podcast. We have high we hopes. Do. Erica be the one wanting to come back. I don't. Ebony is like impossible. He gets very ho hum. Do you want to talk about your feelings about doing this podcast? No, I, I'm not talking about my feelings anymore. Uh, okay, you know, okay. Like, nobody care about my feelings. That's my feelings. But a lot of people care, or at least fain care. Yeah, they fain care yes. concern. Maybe they yes. care about my output. Ooh. What if I'm not smart Ooh. on here? What if I'm not uh, astute? What Ooh. if I don't have a, the hottest takes? You know what I mean? Ooh. You know, what, what would you. be the draw, you to know, for people to you. continue and to... Listen, you know, you got to have, you know, some type of acumen. You got to be sharp and you got to you got to have the, the the own point analysis of your subjugation and your oppression. Like I talk about all the time. And you also have to be subjugated and oppressed. You okay. have to also be navigating that. Say that. Um, and that takes a level of acumen and intelligence and skill that I don't think people. And uh, trauma. And trauma. <laughs> uh, but it takes a level of acumen, intelligence, and skill to be able to be black and to be trans and to be queer and to navigate this mm-hmm. world, you know, without, you know, feeling like calling it curtains. You know what I mean? So yeah. those are my true feelings. Um, but thank Erica, you for sharing that. Thank babe. you, babe, for asking me. I just try to encourage you because you will tell me, okay, you know, and if, you're, if you're just listening for the first time, Ebony is my manager and uh, essentially tells me where I'm supposed to be, what gig I have, where I'm speaking next, so on and so forth. And will encourage me to do, you know, all a plethora 
of things. That's a liberal um, description. It's a liberal, but it's mostly speaking engagement. So I'm always saying to Ebony, in the same ways you encourage me to get off the couch, to get out of the bed, to do these speaking engagements <laughs> is the same way I would like to encourage you to do our podcast. Something that is our creative baby. It is, it is our project solely. There are no other entities that have their hands in this that demand of us to put this out other than you, the listener. So I think it's great. A project that we do together, we should get up for. You're right. But maybe that's the hardest project to get up for is the project for you. That's right. That's right. That's right. I just want to stop getting up so quickly for other people. Okay. And I want to get up for myself. And am I internalized anti-black because I'm black and I don't want to do for myself? Think about it. It's giving liberation. Think about it. <laughs> it's one of them thoughts that you have, just like I. one of them thoughts that just dawned on you. Did you understand the assignment? What is that? <laughs> you be saying all these things from the internet it, and different it's shit like that. It's not from the internet. Where is Don't it say from? it's okay. from the internet. Oh, then where is it from? Where do you think I understand the Black assignment? Black people always be okay. coming up with some shit okay. and be saying some shit. Okay, but don't say it's from a the internet because they will take that and run. A mutton, oh yeah, you know, they always say all AV yes. is just an app <laughs> on the internet instead of Black people being on the internet using okay. AV. Okay. Uh, you know, they just want them thoughts that dawn on you. You know, like a frivolous thought I had about how white people don't listen to Tina Marie. Think about it. Do they listen open, to open your pen- Like Cindy Lee used to say, you have to decalcify your pineal. Pineal. <laughs> you have to decalcify your pineal gland. What are, what are some brands, some brands, some bands or musicians that white people absolutely positively do not listen to? Tina Marie, who is white, is one of oh, them. Oh, that's true. She's white. That's true. Now I don't we, think I've ever seen a white person sing a Maxwell song. Uh, see, but ooh. maybe Jamiroquai, but I don't know Jamiroquai. I feel like Jamiroquai would be singing if it's cool. We no, Jamiroquai don't know nothing about that shit. He just yes, be, he does. No, he does not. Babe, what make you feel like he? You knows think he'll about call that? in? I want him to call in. I Where's want the num- What's the number? I, I want to have a number. I want to do this live. Hey, we finna start doing that, y'all. We finna have a number where y'all can call in, and I want to hear from y'all. I'm serious. We gonna try to work that. Maybe that will one eight hundred one eight hundred two C. Oh, I don't subscribe. That's Erica subscribing to the white man's divisive <laughs> hair uh, texture system. Let's talk, babe. You have a was created by a white You have a person. hard time talking about your No, privilege. I don't care about that, babe. We got too much other oh, shit see? to talk Ooh, about. Oh, you changing the subject? Like I said, first of all, I need to introduce this podcast. This be our problem. Uh, we be t- it's interesting how you want to jump into the introduction. Wow. <laughs> wow. It's been a long time. People need to, you feel me? I got to. I got to give them something more than this. <laughs> All right, we ready. Well, I do want to thank everybody. I, I will say that, you know, this podcast subsists off of all of your generosity and continuing to listen to it and your yes. goodwill um, and continuing to be supportive um, and continuing to co-create what I hope is a co-created space, a, a space of affirmation uh, for the niggas that, you know, know it's for them. You know, we don't do nothing for nobody else but black people. Um, and that's just my, that's my politic. And that's where I stand. And that is really the spirit in which this podcast was created in 2017. Wow. A year after Erica and I 
met and began dating. I thought we met in 2015. We met in 2016. I was uh-huh. 25. I was a Tinder Ronnie back in those days. Tinder Ronnie is a Damn, I was 25 girl. in 2015. Damn. Wait. You were you you were twenty five when we met, or you were no, 25? I was twenty five? No, I was, no, you I were twenty six. You were no we longer a tenderoni. Yes, I was. <laughs> twenty six is almost a full blown adult. Twenty five, uh, your brain is still developing. Sorry, did you that know true? that? Yes, no, it I is. Didn't know that? Yes, it is. I feel like my brain is still developing. I'm thirty one. Have you my met son. a twenty five year old? <laughs> yeah, you're right. <laughs> <laughs> now the twenty five year old is gonna be doing TikTok dances in the club. They're gonna be doing their arms savage, yeah, yeah. like the savage arms. That's what I call when you cr- cut your arms together. <laughs> I'm doing it, but you can't see me. the savage arms. Y'all can't be busting that out in the Classy, club. Classy, bougie. Even your mama do it. I know she doesn't do those arms because she doesn't have TikTok. <laughs> but we're gonna talk about TikTok a little later. But I-, I will thank everybody. I appreciate everybody. Uh, it is definitely hard uh, for us to do this considering our life circumstances. Just yes. Erica talks a lot about the shit that you know other people can't see. You want to talk about that? How? What's that? Well, you talk about how you know there's this this push, especially on the internet, to create content and to be a labor source, uh, especially as a black femme to you know be pe- to give people um, some perspective. You mm-hmm. know that they can then either launch pad off or steal or whatever it is you know when you were talking about you want that? me to talk about that now or you want me to intro myself yeah i mean get, you're gonna intro yourself people i mean if you <laughs> if you don't know me by now yes you, you will never, never ever know me sing Ooh. white people don't know that song they don't they don't know that song. I feel like they're going to say they know it. I, I, I know that song. My mom used to listen to that song. <laughs> and I actually love Maxwell. Played yeah, at all the queer like parties. Katie Pendergrass was like my dad's friend in the industry. <laughs> like a time ago. I met him when I was like five. Yeah, he's just like always in the house. He's like always around like dying around. Like it's giving R&B classics. Uh-huh. <laughs> Everything is giving. Everything ain't giving. But we don't, we don't go back to that. We skip it ahead we're skipping ahead can you please mention that you your feelings that you have been having you asked me about my feelings what are your feelings what keeps you coming back from the podcast or what keeps you um well i'll answer you first oh recoiling yes yes so I do a lot of social media work. And I think too, I mean, maybe there's a whole podcast. I think we an episode that we should have around social media and how it impacts your whole spiritual being and how you are engaging with so many different energies, which to me sounds very woo woo, but then honestly it makes a lot of sense because you just feel drained yeah. after lots of use, uh, lots of usage. Right. So I have been noticing that after the road trip, I started to lose followers. Mm -hmm. And I thought a lot of that was because I wasn't really posting anything. I wasn't talking about anything. I was tired. Mm -hmm. I just wanted to post my friends being cute, maybe a cute outfit, maybe baguette, maybe not. Nothing Mm -hmm. at all. Mm -hmm. So it seemed like, okay, am I losing followers because I'm not posting content? Because... I'm shadow banned. What what is the reason? But it all connects back to the same old racist, you know, uh, classes, pretty privilege focused algorithm That's that right. would have folks leave my page because it's not giving them what they need in a timely fashion. What they needed to gain. What they needed. Ooh. Ooh. 
Listen, we're just going to butcher AV the whole yeah. time. <laughs> um, what would have that happen? But then today, it's funny, I haven't told you this. Today, I noticed that I lost more followers. Mm. So now I'm like, maybe now I'm losing followers because I talked about beloved AOC at the Met Gala wearing mm. tax the rich shirt, dress, mm. shirt, Jesus, a dress. Is that why? Like, it never makes any sense. And I think it's meant to make you feel out of sorts. Yeah. So you just stay on it and you keep creating content and then hoping that the number will go back up. But I saw that and I was like, I'm not going to get used by that number. Yeah. I'm not going to get worked by that number. Like, mm-hmm. I truly do not care because I said what I said as Nene said and I'm gonna keep saying and I'm gonna keep saying it because and and if I need to take a break then I'm taking a break I'm not gonna worry about numbers falling I'm just gonna peep that when I'm not on there talking shit even showing my life and and, and just like really mm-hmm. plants and, and and talking about whatever I'm dealing with or whatever, whatever frivolous thing, as long as I'm not creating content, if I'm taking a moment to not create content, I deserve that. Yeah. You know, and it, it feels mm-hmm. like a punishment almost. Well, it's designed to be a punishment, yeah. but the praise, as Maya Angelou this says, which I'm heavily paraphrasing her quote, you know, don't get too excited or too wrapped up in the praise or the criticism. Okay. So the 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 Instagram and social media works on our pleasure centers, our reward centers in our brain. Yeah. A lot of people who used to work at Instagram, fake white cis men, want to be whistleblowers who want to feel good about, you know, a relatively destructive, super lucrative billion dollar platforms that they've, you know, helped create in cities and communities they've gentrified to create these, you know, online platforms. It's crazy, just the reality um, how stark that is, you know, people working yep. at Facebook, sleeping in their cars and in San Jose and San, and Silicon Valley and shit like that. Yep. But white people, uh, white, white no, people sleeping in their cars. No, no, oh. no, no, baby, no white people sleeping in their cars. These people, this is black people and non-black people of color working at Facebook, working at these places mm. and cannot afford to live. <laughs> in and, the and, place where the location yeah, is. Yeah. Yes, because of the, the advent of these businesses, these tech companies. Yeah. Um, but the, the thing is, is that a lot of these people have talked about how they use gambling or use casinos and slot machines sort of as a, a way to sort of model how social media is to look or how it could look. Yeah. So a lot of that is very much so... It's intentional, like yeah. you said. You know, so it's, for it's even exhausting. the way we're supposed to feel like that. Even the noticing that you lost followers. Yes. Even the caring about it. Yes. Not even taking a moment to be like, half of the motherfuckers is there, you know, to see my titties. Yeah. And then the other half don't give a fuck. Yeah. And then there's a small percentage of like the people in your life who you actually know or people who are like minded, supportive, you know people in the community, yes. shit like that. Yes. That's a much smaller number than throw hundred right. something thousand. It just makes you want it may it truly like a slot machine, it makes you want to tap out. Yeah. But also tap back in to uh-huh. maybe, maybe this time yeah. this will work. It is just yeah. such a mind thing. So I just wanna move away from it entirely. That's what has me go into my little recoil to I don't want to deal with it. I don't want to sit on the internet and make stories about being shadow banned or about how I lost mm. followers. Like mm. I just Maybe that's a pride and thing. Crowd. I don't think there's anything wrong with folks who talk about that. But I don't have any interest in that because I just feel like there's no shifting it. And maybe that's how people feel about racism. Maybe that's why they don't talk about it. 
<laughs> for the same reasons because I feel like it's not gonna shift anyway. But that I, that's just a side. That's a side note. Well, that it's still shifting it, but also does it need to shift? The shadow that, banning. Yeah, does it need to shift? If everything, like you said, if racism is not shifting, then this thing that's happening on the internet that is very that needs racism in order for it to to sustain okay. itself. Will that shift? We're all making very, you know, radical leftist content on platforms owned by white cis men. That's true. That's true. And I think, too, is that that is me doing what I see all the time is not making the connection. Right. The focus cannot necessarily be on shadow banning Mm -hmm. if you're not talking also about systems of oppression and why certain people are shadow banned and the example you gave was so frustrating to me in the moment when I was having a downtime is that you were saying Kim Kardashian doesn't lose followers yeah and if she does, it's so minuscule that they'll come back or they'll they'll find maybe follow one of her sisters or something like they're not losing followers and she doesn't have to post for months on end. Mm-hmm. Like that's never gonna happen mm-hmm. where Kim Kardashian is shadow bans. It's not happening. No. <laughs> Their she would content love is the always shit gonna be that. seen. She right. would love that. What? Yeah. So you got something to talk I'm about? A martyr. Yes. Yeah. Yes, yes. So you have to, and there's things to think about. It's like, okay, well, she's a celebrity, blah, blah, blah. But it's like, no, it's not just that she's a celebrity. It's because she looks a particular way. It's because she looks a particular way and also... And that's why she's a celebrity, too. ...has been able to monetize <laughs> the internet in a way that black people can't access. Yeah. You know, even as the internet has increasingly become a way for folks to monetize, um, it's it's still not happening to that level. Yeah. To where people, black people have to be ultra concerned to some extent, which a lot of black creators are across all these these platforms. You know, of if the platform went away, what would that mean for the work that they do? Yeah. And like I always have to keep reminding yo A is that Ooh. you always told me from the get go of Instagram, everything wants to disappear, you'd be fine. Yeah, but it sucks you in. It's like it, it's like mm-hmm. it, it is. It is. I need to start relating to it. Like I'm at a casino. Like mm-hmm. that is, and I hate casinos. Yeah. I want to tap out, but as I walk out of the casino, I'm thinking about going back. Mm-hmm. That maybe that hand will win. <laughs> but the do- but you need dollars and you need pennies for the penny machine and you need quarters for the quarter machine. What you need for this? That's true. For this game, what do you need? What's for the this? currency? Okay. Is it your complete mental health? Wow. Wow. Is it your whole being? Wow. Is it your self-esteem? Is your your self-value wow. and worth? Yeah. I thought that was going in a hotel direction, it but it actually landed. What do you... I'm the land in What you saying, Kyle? Not the land strip. But this be real ass conversation. <laughs> this, is ha- real. this is real. This, uh, this podcast episode <laughs> is really... I don't know what it's going to be titled, but... It's truly Ebony and Erica's thoughts over the past couple of months. This is what we've been dealing with. So I hope y'all are ready. I haven't been in therapy for the past couple of months. Ebony has been. So y'all are now about to become our therapists. No. (laughs) But don't give us no advice. No. (laughs) Just listen to our stream of consciousness. No, y'all can give advice. No, absolutely not. But they ain't consent to be no therapist. This ain't That's what true. this podcast is. Let's segue into what this podcast is. Oh. Introduce yourself. Ooh, smooth. Landing. Boom. Landing strip. Hi, everybody. My name is Erica Hart. My pronouns are she and they. And I am the head rep 
portion of this podcast. Uh, what are we saying? Where we're from? I'm from Severn, Maryland, and quasi Puerto Rico as well. <laughs> Thank you very much. On to you, Ebony. Hi, my name is Ebony Patrice Donnelly. Whoa, like doing the middle name. Because I don't want people to have access to my full government name. You don't take that out. Say that so again. they might be taking my social security number next or <laughs> something that they'll try to do. One of those 400 and now, what, 410 followers or something? I got, like four, I got 400 <laughs> followers now. <laughs> now. Don't you wish you had 400 followers? Let me just keep going. Um, I'm a Gemini. Erica's a Sagittarius. She didn't mention that, but I'm Sorry. a Gemini. So sometimes it just be a stream of consciousness for your What's boy. your moon and rising? Um, I, my moon is Taurus and my rising is Leo. Yes. So I got a lot going on. You really do. I got a lot going on. A lot of on. voices. Lots of voices. <laughs> I have a lots of voices. My therapist tell me to get you know more in touch with my empowered voice uh, that sometimes yes. gets drowned out by the other voices called you know get mad when people unfollow your partner because that's smart you know or that's you know it's just dumb ass shit. This shit <laughs> he hella dumb. I want y'all niggas to know how dumb all this shit is. And when you hear it coming out your own mouth and you hear it coming out of my mouth, I hope you feel like comforted that it's dumb or comforted in in the comfort that you're not alone i hope that i i don't think i'm the only one that thinks the, about the internet in these ways or is impacted by the internet in these ways yeah. i'm also born in 85 so i grew up in a world without the internet and also with the internet so yeah. there's it's just like I don't know. You, you've seen both. Yeah. You know, you've experienced and you lived both worlds where there wasn't no always access to the phone. Like I used to drive with MapQuest directions Same. printed out. Same. No, you didn't. Yes, I did. Babe, you are young. What? You had an iPhone likely when you were 12. No, I did <laughs> not. I had a Nokia. Actually, I didn't have no phone. I didn't get no phone until the 10th grade. Thanks, Annie. My aunt bought it. <laughs> pay my bill anyways i'm just yeah i hope that people are comforted by this conversation yes more than anything we yes. don't i seriously we don't need advice we do please send advice <laughs> <laughs> well I, but yeah let me finish this shit you know i'm from the east i'm oh, from sorry. oakland some of y'all are you know uh returning listeners and some of y'all are new and this is you know how we do it this is a black power uh podcast for the people and we just do this shit every so often. I'm a <laughs> DJ. I'm an audio engineer. I'm a very amateur bass player. I'm a, you know, I DJ on occasion. That's me. That was a lot. I'm, I guess I need to add, I'm a sexuality educator, writer, occasional speaker, model. You're a teacher. I'm a and teacher. A I'm a giver. I'm a healer. I'm a healer as well. <laughs> Why not? Why not? <laughs> Why not? Everybody's doing it. Um, but yeah, we we haven't been back in a while, so we're we're gonna just hop right into. It. There has been a lot going on in the collective global zeitgeist and yes. the, the fake national national you know U, u.s imperialist nationalist con, uh consciousness um, with the u.s empire's defeat in kabul earlier in august uh by the taliban mm -hmm. in afghanistan the fall of kabul that happened um that that in u.s military terms that would be considered 
a defeat uh, or a loss, a big L on the United States' part. And so we're going to get into all that, but there's also still hella shit going on with COVID. Yep. COVID still going on. Yes. There's so many things going on, and that's just, I hate to keep talking about Instagram. It's the last time I mentioned about it, what? but it'd be so much shit going on in our personal lives. Yeah. And also in the world, but then the thing that we know this is the lock of phones. Is a damn fi- It's so stupid. It's all, it's the trappings. It's true. It's the trappings. It's true. You um, want to talk about what you did this summer? People have been mentioning people, that. Literally every person that we've seen in real life, IRL, which I just learned means in real life, has been like, your road trip was the best thing ever. Now, it was the best thing ever, and didn't no publications pick us up to say, hey, you want to make a show traveling? But that's fine. That's fine. Only one of us got 2C hair. That ain't got shit to do with it. (laughs) Maybe if my curls were looser, we would have a show. Anyway, I, I think we should reflect a little bit on that because I do... I, I do have to say, Ebony and I, as much as we love to travel, and as much as we were petitioned to go places yeah. with our friends, we didn't go anywhere for about 18 months. Yeah. And then we said, you know what? It seems like things are going to open up. Maybe we could do a vaccine situation. We don't know. But let's start, let's, let's start planning a road trip. And we started planning a road trip at the end of last year, top of this year. Yeah. And we weren't sure if we were going to be able to go. But every month we booked another hotel along the route. Yeah. Because we were like, if things open up, cool. If they don't, we cancel on all of this and we count it as a loss. Yeah. But it seemed like we went at the perfect time. We both got vaccinated. And then, you know, when we left New York, there was still a mass mandate. But then when we got to D.C., which is just five hours away, there was no more masks. No. And we were so confused. And that was the top of the trip. Because we were like, why do we see people's whole face? This is true. Why are bars open? <laughs> why is this restaurant why at do mass I hear capacity? Why bottom jeans, <laughs> boots with the fur? People was confused about what year it was. At, they been out for so long. <laughs> at the hotel. So, I, you know, I'm not going to try to sum up the road trip. I just feel like lots of people have asked us questions and there's no permanent place necessarily where we've talked about this. So I just wanted to maybe recap favorite parts, challenging parts, doing it with a a partner. What was that like? (laughs) Quick. Five minutes. We'll do five, five minutes on no, this. No, we do five seconds. Five, we'll do, uh, I know you're going to go in about Afghanistan, but... Let's do a relay. Well, that's yeah. what's important. First of all, don't nobody need to pick this up. Don't nobody need to pick oh this up. Some God. things need to be left where they at. The streets picked it up. Ooh. That's all that I can... That's what matters to me. I'm not worrying about HGTV and all the rest of these I motherfuckers. Like, I like HBO Max. I don't care about <laughs> HBO Max. They don't give a fuck about this. Watch me be on HBO Max next week. <laughs> Ebony and Eric have a new show. I just feel like they just said they don't like to be on HBO Max. Be like, don't even worry about that. You know what it really is? It's the haters. It's the white. It's the right wing. You feel me? Don't even think about that. How can a po- I'm sorry. I had a segue. How can a politician say that they have haters? We talk about Would it that be constituents? Or isn't everybody a constituent? Or is only your constituents the people who will vote for you or have voted for you? Everybody else is haters. Yeah, I mean, is her that? constituency for her, from what she's saying, is her supporters, her base. 
So screw everybody else. Well, that's what I mean. That that's what you can conjecture from that statement. But we got we're skipping. Sorry, ahead. we're skipping. We ahead. got a lot of shit to talk I about. I love that's the word conjecture. You, we didn't need to be talking about this road trip. Fine, well, I just said five two minutes to all it. All right, with the road trip, it was a black African American road trip. Um, that's what somebody messaged Erica um, saying, <laughs> "Is this an African American road trip?" And it was. <laughs> And we didn't set out for it to be that, but that's what it became. That was the best message I've ever received. Yeah, yeah it was an African-American road trip. <laughs> and one of my, you know, it's too many highlights to name, but what I do, what, what I will say is a major, a massive privilege is the ability to go cross-country and to do so, yes. to have the physical ability to do so, yes. to have the financial ability um, in part to do so, and to have the time um, to do so, you know, mm-hmm. working for yourself does provide that level of privilege and access yeah. and flexibility, um, to do something, to t- undertake a task as huge as a cross country road trip. But sometimes you just got to say, even when you work freelance, it's still work got to be done. You miss out on opportunities, which we did because we was like, fuck it. We got to go. And we still, we had to do it. Um, so this wasn't my first time going cross country, but it was Erica's. And I think that was one of the best parts is seeing Eric going cross country with Erica, but also seeing you just so excited about everything, (laughs) you know, the planning of it. We had lanterns, we had all types of shit that we didn't need and maps and things that never 15 pairs of Crocs. Nothing came out of the bags. None of that stuff. So, um, (laughs) the lantern didn't never get charged. The the booty wipes. The wipes is still in the house. It's like a <laughs> lifetime supply type of shit like that. But, you know, the road trip was great. It was yeah. great. It's white um, people all over the country. But <laughs> we didn't. So, but we really did our best to avoid them. You we know, did. We, we really we did. We were very intentional. And the best we're trying part to, be. to me about the road trip was seeing our friends and our family and yes. realizing, like, we have friends and family and know people in lots of these contiguous um, fake United States. Like, we yeah. really, you know, went from place to place and really kicked it hella tough with people. And then when we went to places like Arizona, where we didn't really know many people, we found a black-owned bookstore and we met black people. Yes. Shout out Grassroots Bookstore. Everywhere we went, we tried to make a connection with black folks. When we went to Houston, which was too short of a stop, I got we to gotta see... We got to go back. Um, DJ Screw, Legendary Screwed Up Records and Tapes, where it was relocated to. Um, screwed Up Records. Screwed. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I got to go check that out. Uh, shout out to Houston. That was really tight. And then we stayed at a black owned, a black femme owned hotel in Houston called the Mysone Midtown in Houston. Go check them out if you're in the area. That was wonderful it smelled delicious and it felt warm but what did we find out it's like only 54 oh it is a very it's a very small small number number. of black owned hotels even the um bed and breakfast that we stayed at in nashville is black co-owned and that was a phrase that we learned a lot throughout especially throughout the south where there would be restaurants that we would go to that we thought were black owned but really they also had a white owner but they were using the other owner's identity to get people to come in by calling it black owned it's just quite 
gross and strange. So just make sure you do your research. Everyone was like, how did you find all of these places to stay and these amazing... I follow a lot of travel bloggers on Instagram, so I would just yeah. save the places they stayed. But then we also just did a ton of research based on our route and where we were going, what we wanted to see and what kind of experience we want. Mm. Ebony is more bougie than I am, no. but we knew that we could not do like... Uh, places that weren't kind of nice. And I th- I will say this too, that after you've been in a car for 10 hours, all you want is to lay down mm-hmm. in like some crisp ass sheets. Like that's all you want. You don't want to worry about nothing. You don't want to be concerned if the hotel has security. Cause that was also my concern too. It's like being in some of these super like Southern towns, whatever sort of indoctrination I have about the South is there is present, but we are also two black queer and trans people traveling just with each other. So I'm like, what is the, you know, security situation here? What's all of that? So having all of that, keeping all of that in mind was also why we booked the places that we booked instead of like hostels or Airbnbs, which we could have done, but I just feel like it would have been more of a headache for what we were trying to do. And I'm increasingly trying to move away from, my support of Airbnb. I'm tired of Airbnb. Yeah, Airbnb is stressing me out. But all yeah. the rules, the rules alone. You can't touch this. You can't touch this. You can't. The the please. Can somebody please tell me when did they start saying you can't have people over? Because I really feel like that's new. And they monitor. Like you can't have parties. And if somebody comes to the door, they can see they on can the see. camera. Yep. That is weird. And they surveil you. And it's, it's weird. Just coin tail. It's it's okay. Okay. Mon tail or coin tail. Okay. Somebody gonna name their baby coin tail. I like that. I like that coin tail. <laughs> coin tail. Coin Can't you hear that? <laughs> Which one of y'all meat girls gonna name y'all baby coin tail? <laughs> I can name a few of y'all. I think would. <laughs> coin tail king. Um, <laughs> but it was really beautiful. I think our couples therapist helped us a lot by saying you need to plan out food. So if you are traveling with a partner, if you are traveling with a friend or just family, I. I would say plan out food because if you have anybody on that trip that gets hangry, me, I get, I am the hangry one. It makes such a difference to have snacks in the car, to have when you're going to stop all of that planned out. Cause we didn't think about that until she said that. So that was super helpful. And Erica planned pretty much the, the whole thing. Thank I mean, you. I chimed Thank in, you. I was supposed Thank to be the activities committee, um, but I didn't do the activity. So we got there. <laughs> <laughs> So, or when, when she was driving, I was coming up with the act. But the fun thing about Ebony is that he's ambitious and that he's spontaneous. A Sagittarius loves somebody who could be spontaneous with them, but Ebony will not plan. Mm-hmm. And I'll say, come, let's do this. He'll say yes for the most part. A few times Ebony will say no, but for the most part, Ebony is down. But well, if I say, babe, let's plan tomorrow. Let's do something tomorrow. Ebony will be like, okay, you want to go to this restaurant that's five minutes away? Like, it's not going to come up with no extravagant plans. No. not going to give that. <laughs> no, but it did become very extravagant. What you mean? Like the tours that we found. The like tours. The I don't know when, when we said, let's do a tour. Because in no time when we were at home did we say we're going to do a lot of tours. Well, Dalfuski Island, Miss Sally Ann Robinson. Oh, yeah, and I we did saw look up Dalfuski. The, the documentary High on the Hog coming out. Sweet and sour sauce on my pussy. I really love I'm taking this. that out. I'm I really, taking that out. <laughs> I really love this taste of food. Like, this is like really decadent and like just full of rice and okra. 
that documentary really helped us actually because i think one part of this road trip that was important to us was food like we wanted to well super important to me i just i really wanted to eat at all of these different restaurants and have cuisines throughout the country because we're spoiled with that in new york but it's sometimes not always good oh that's how that came because we said we want to do as many black owned restaurants as we could i think we went to restaurants because we we couldn't do hotels yes and this was before we saw high on the hog Mm -hmm. where we was like we want to try to go to as many black owned restaurants across the country as possible as many black owned um attractions essentially as possible yes to learn the black history yes Uh, and a lot of questions that i get is people saying you know i'm really nervous as a black person to go and do cross country what is your advice my advice if you're a black person going cross country is to if possible if you are gonna go alone if you're going to go alone or if you're going to go, if you're only going to go with one other person, I would say make sure that person is black. If they, if you can really, really help it, um, because it just was so spiritual and it was so special. And I felt so connected to the, to the fact that, um, you know, our ancestors really built this country and I could actually see what they built with my own eyes everywhere that we went. And that includes in the Southwest where there has been a concerted effort uh, to uh, obscure the black history and the contributions of black American people in those places. And 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 so that's what I would say. And it's also a safety yes. thing, too, because you ain't really got to deal with, like, nobody not knowing. You know, white people be gung-ho. Uh, I can't say gung-ho. White people be hella, you know, interested in going certain places, and they don't have to have the same level of awareness that we have to Why have. Why can't you say gung-ho? I think it has something to no, that's good because yeah. people will ask me. I don't, I don't if know. people ask us every three seconds why they can't say it's giving or understand the assignment or y'all or it's I, I can ask you why you can't say xenophobic. Oh, 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 mm-hmm. okay, okay, I think okay. It's xenophobic. And the that's good to know. I didn't know that. Is I didn't the, know that. the hatred and fear of Chinese people. Yes, okay. And I think that that term may be xenophobic. Okay. Um, it also has been, you know, created, it's also been kind of integrated into ABE that is something black people say hella much you hella yeah. gung ho woo woo yeah um however I'm gonna woo, look woo, to the end I'm of stuff. going to look up <laughs> whether or not that's true and then if it's true you'll know but I'll look up the etymology and the origin of that term whether or not it's pejorative um it's probably the white person may have created it may not be AAV at all and vis-a-vis our contact with white people we've learn some of the things that they say that don't make no sense like a whole bunch of words in English that's just dumb I say dumb a lot maybe that's me being like white people because they always call me something dumb (laughs) (laughs) so I would say that and I would also say to just buy go and visit as many black owned places as you can Yeah, you have to research though you have to just do your research. You, yeah. There's no excuse to be in a place like Phoenix, how I was, and be like, ain't no black history here, when that is absolutely not the truth. Not the truth. They have such a deep, rich Literally, black history Literally, the hotel where we Phoenix. stayed was built on top of a ton of black history. Yes, literally. Yes. So, like, where people pick cotton. Yes. That was literally where yes. the hotel was. A, yep. long, uh, a, a long stretch and a long route. So, I have so many resources, and I'm going to try to figure out how I can compile 
tell or share those. But I have so many resources from so many different states about places and different markers that you can visit across the southern to western United States and even along the, the, the eastern seaboard. So, uh, so much black history there. Uh, it is just everywhere. I just, yeah. I, it's, I can't overstate that mm-hmm. so you got to just get way tapped into the communities that are there to the black owned bookstores to the yes. black owned everything in each state or each city that you visit you will not be sorry that you did that that would probably be your launching pad into hella other shit and other recommendations a lot of times the word of mouth recommendations that be the lick more so than things that you can research online on google yes I echo those statements and those sentiments. And then I also would say we travel with like a little like protection, mm-hmm. just like one of our friends gave us like an ancestral knife, you know, and that, and I don't, uh, you know, who knows, God forbid, but I think I wish that I would have had some mace before we left too. Yeah. Yeah. Just in case, you know, yeah. like there was that situation in uh Joshua tree Well, you were there, but it's like, if I was by myself, I would want mace, not a knife. <laughs> you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, I get you know? what you're saying. Yeah. So that's, I'm just saying, like, come carry some protection. Um, make sure that, you know, you have something on you or your keys, you know, put in a particular way so you can protect yourself because it's, it's violent all over this country. It don't matter where you're traveling, north, south, east, west. It doesn't matter. It's violent. So yeah, it's just people, important to, yeah. White people are not, being around white people is difficult for me. <laughs> yeah. They are, you know, another white people, if you're a white person, you listen to y'all, you know, you know what it's giving. Since y'all like to use that now, you know what it's giving. You know y'all not pleasant mm-hmm. all the time. Yes. You know, intracommunally, I'm sure there's that's a that's sense. a conversation that I really want mm-hmm. white people to have and to consider. Do they think that each other is nice? Do that that they are that each other is nice? Does that communicate? Yeah, that they are nice. I don't know. I mean, they're even the, the conversation. Like on if bullying. you meet a black, but if you meet a black person, a black family. Nine times out of ten, they are hella warm. They're going to invite you into their house, likely. They're going to cook you some food. They're going to talk to you. Right. I mean, they may keep you outside the front, but they're going to bring you something like... Generally speaking, we are really warm people. That's a major generalization, Mm but for the most part, there is something ancestral that makes black folks kind. And I just feel like it is a missing in a lot of ways. For white folks. Well, there's a, there is something ancestral, but then there's also socialization. But maybe because, they're just not kind to us, and that's why I'm saying they're not kind. No, no, white people, they just don't be kind to But I want to I want to like wear the Kim Kardashian outfit from the Met Gala and go to some of their bars and be like, just listen to their conversations. Yeah. Incognito. Yeah. <laughs> they're going to figure out you black, even with all black on. <laughs> Is that you said your name was? Uh, is this are you are you Erica Hart? <laughs> you're black under there, I know. I can see your braids. I see your, your uh, micro braids. I'd be ready to fight. <laughs> yeah, I just like really love niggas. <laughs> Why would you say it's time for you to go to bed? <laughs> what does that happen? I'm That's taking what that they out. say. Who said that? No, but I'm saying they could say that while I'm incognito. Oh, <laughs> listen, this might, y'all look, I like being around them. So, you know, for me, I really just kind of 
kind of block them out, you know, as much yeah, as I could. But black people have to be, we're socialized to be pleasant or to be nice or to be yes, kind. Yes. Because if we aren't, then we're just automatically going to be perceived as a threat no matter how kind or nice we are. And we still viewed as subhuman. So it really don't matter how nice or sweet you are as a black person. It's true. Generally speaking. Oh. It's true. We're everywhere. we're everywhere. And black queer people are everywhere. That was yes. one thing I think maybe because we were doing this in the summer, but it was just, we, we, we didn't, we honestly, you could tell that we did not plan this with the thought that it would happen yeah. because we did not look up where we would be for pride. <laughs> or or even Pride Weekend. Yeah, we weekend. went to like we were in Houston like for Pride. I think we were in Memphis, or we were somewhere random, <laughs> not random, but we like missed Memphis Pride. Like we missed it by a day. We missed. Oh, they had a denim party. Shout out to the Memphis Pride, and y'all had um Suki there. Suki oh yes, Hana. and yeah. that was so we wanted to go so yeah. bad. We we literally denim drove in. <laughs> no, we were in New Orleans for Pride, but we didn't. We had to stay in New Orleans longer. Yeah. So I think too, if you are doing cross country for anybody doing cross country, is be very very flexible or be able to be flexible with your schedule if you're trying to see things because we just part. We you know New Orleans is party town, so and we go. We've been many times, but we just it. We needed a palate cleanser. For um, everything that we have been seeing and experiencing. Yes. So we just partied so much that we needed to add another day just yeah. to rest. Yes. Um, so you have to be flexible in, you know, in your schedule and what you're, what you're doing. So yeah, that's what I would say. I, I, I know people have been asking about that. So I want to add a lot of people have been asking and talking about the road trip. We thank y'all for, you know, tuning in. We did not know <laughs> that it would be so interesting um, because that's literally us in the car all the time. It's, if we're going to the store, we are singing something um, yeah. on the radio. So you always want to sing something, something though. Something, something. Yeah, by Maxwell. That if is just your thing. Cool, we can. And do then that one song uh, by Mint Condition. What kind of man would I, I be? Hey. But we don't have to sing that if now because the point is that Erica keeps singing on Instagram all the songs over and over and over. Again. <laughs> That's why you're losing followers. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh man! That's probably my English accent. You need to keep doing that. <laughs> Am I losing followers for my English accent? I love it. You do? <laughs> I didn't know. Yeah, I didn't know people cared we about digress. the road trip. They cared. They I'm loved glad. it. They loved it. There's a lot more insights HBO from the Max, road trip. Hit us up. Don't need HBO Max <laughs> to hit us up because if you Netflix. ain't hit me up, then you, if you ain't been in my inbox, then <laughs> what was the problem? They gonna wait till uh, some white TikToker picking up wait, some watch, Emilio or some watch, shit. Watch Addison Ray, who I love. I don't about know yesterday. who the hell is. It's that? a TikToker who went to the Met Gala. They didn't lose followers. <laughs> they gained followers. <laughs> hey girl, you went to the Met. You're big time now. <laughs> it's also like I don't have Instagram, so I don't be really knowing about what people be caring about no more, and you know. But I, I will, I will say that. The road trip also had us disconnect. Yes. And we really got in touch with all the plant and animal and mineral life and wildlife and nature and everything around us. Like that was, it's not just the human aspect, but all the other little critters and the creatures and the road runners and the damn bunnies. And Erica saw a rattlesnake. This is all in one day. Freaky. Yes. Um, (laughs) You know, just so much topographical geographical beauty 
Um, yeah. And also just learning just the not just the historical um, aspects of each place that we visited, but also what's going on with the community present day. Yes. Um, and just what's happening in those communities, what's happening to indigenous communities, black indigenous communities across the United States. That is not something that's of the past. There's still threats of displacement and gentrification and habitat degradation. Police there brutality. is police brutality. Mm-hmm. Uh, systemic racism like when we say that we say it in such blanket terms or say it only kind of on a national level but it is happening at the local level it's still we we traveled during a pandemic where people had to work to um you know feed into the tourism industry in a lot of places which um a small towns the tourism industry is how people get their money in New Mexico, one of the things I didn't like was that a lot of the spas, not that I don't think the one that we went to, but a lot of spas are owned by white people and they have indigenous names. Oh, I didn't they know still that. use Indian in the names Jesus. of things. And um, you know, they they colonize hot springs, natural hot springs. Yep. You know, and and charge people money for it, lots of money. Um, but a lot of these places are cheap. Um so yeah, that just just seeing the level wow. of disparity. Uh, across the United States, United States, especially wealth disparity, yeah, uh, was very, very stark, and we see it every day. We live in New York, we live in Brooklyn, but to see it on another level in different places that we don't live, um, it was deep. Yeah, <sighs> Erica, what to talk about this? No, I'm just through. trying to give the people what they want. Why? So that I keep following you? Ooh, <laughs> <laughs> I am the landing. The clearport, not the airport. <laughs> wow! I land at the airport. You are a rapper. Wait, is that Jay Z? Mm-hmm. <laughs> 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 okay. Well, uh, it was great. It was, it was right. We'd like to go back. We'd like to go back. Ebony rushed me across the country to get to his family in California. Yes. And then you uh-huh. saw what happened when we got to California. Ain't nothing wrong with that. Look, oh. The shit is gone. Niggas, <laughs> they robbed us. You know took what I realized shit, I they care. took today? They took my flower crocs. Good. Gone. Good. What? Good. How could you say good? You don't need those. They walking around with them. <laughs> Somewhere in the east. Somewhere on 73rd. <laughs> yeah, nigga, I came up off these. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, uh, maybe, maybe it was better for you to have them and have everything. They got a lot of stuff. They didn't just oh, get yeah. that. But yeah, it's it's the, the the road trip was great. I think it's still it's still a pandemic. Yes. So yes. it's still a, you know an abridged version of being outside. Yes. Um, with lots of concerns and not just concerns about COVID, but you know. Just in life, it's just I feel very, very bogged down. So yes, the road trip confused. after we got off the road trip, the road trip was like being very. It was just like a up point. Yeah, it was just like nothing could go wrong. Even the shit that went wrong, getting robbed, all that stuff. Uh, well, let me say car theft because ain't nobody robbed me. You feel me? It, it no good. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? That ain't happen. Um, not that that's a virtue, but you know I keep that. You feel me? You know what I mean? Oh, that little. Pepper spray, 
Ebony, you got robbed. You got robbed. No. Capital R. You ain't had no pepper spray because you were not around. The pepper spray was the actually car in got the car. Robbed. The pepper spray was purchased after we got robbed. The car got robbed. The car. But I ain't talking about that. But the <laughs> point being is that I just when you come when you come back from a road trip, you don't. For all of y'all who've done road trip, when you come back home, everything is just so much more turned down. Yeah. It feels like a bummer. Ain't no tour. <laughs> no, it's just like... Ain't no restaurant to go to that's exciting or new necessarily, or a tour to do, or something new to see, or your next drive, the morning you gotta prepare for. It's none of that. It's just bills, it's rent, yeah. Yeah. it's the same old people that you see pretty much all the time. Yeah. You know, it just, it's, it's like, the, it, it's the, you need, down. yeah, it's a drop. It drops. Like yes. The energy. The vacation drop. Drops. And then it's just like, you back to being online, seeing, you know, cause we wasn't really on our phones. We really disconnected a great deal. Even though Erica did a wonderful job at curating the road trip. Erica could really be like a social media manager or something or a graphic or a designer for socials or something because <laughs> Erica is just so good no, at I curating. I clearly suck at it as I keep losing followers. <laughs> <laughs> That's going to be the running motif through this. Even as we talk about Afghanistan, we're going to talk about how she done lost followers <laughs> related to that. Um, it feels like uh, it's just a, it's just a, dr- a down. Oh yeah, so you should see hella shit online like you know, talking about the vaccine and vaccine shaming black people. Yes, um, that shit is You weird. know, using the Tuskegee experiments as a talking point. In their quest or in their zeal about being vaccinated, they diminish black people's concerns to them not understanding the Tuskegee experiments. Like, they didn't inject people with syphilis, that black people with syphilis. It was a, you know, but what's the fuck? You know, they... Nonetheless, they took a group of black people who had syphilis and intentionally denied them treatment. Yep. So, so there's the fear of the vaccine in that. Because the United States education system has done yes. a great job of suppressing that that even happened. So much so that people in high school or even middle or elementary school are not learning about that, much less learning about medical racism. So, mm-hmm. But the, the, the onus and the focus is on black people, um, you know, believing in conspiracy theories. And saving the country by getting vaccinated. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Because the focus is very much on black people when most of the people in this country who are not vaccinated are white. Yes. (laughs) But still, the commercials do not reflect that reality. The uh, famous people who are charged with talking to black community, the black community around getting vaccinated are not necessarily speaking to that. I have not, I haven't seen many white people period celebrity or regular degular talking about getting vaccinated yeah urging the white community i would fall out of my chair if i heard a white person say i'm urging the white community to get vaccinated it's gonna happen right after you say that <laughs> it's gonna be and kid I want rock some credit <laughs> and shania twain <laughs> what are some famous white people that would do that um <laughs> Um, Jessica Simpson. Uh, the ones that ain't trying to be black. <laughs> Jessica Simpson don't want to be black. I ain't talking about up. her. I ain't talking about her. I'm saying be the ones that not trying. The the point one percent of white people not trying to be black. Taylor Swift. 
Well, you know, she sang September and it's September, so. <laughs> you know, let's that forget about that. Rendition? Oh, my Lord. Don't even look that up. Well, don't look it up. But, you know, it's just, it's. So shit like that. Boy. Yeah, it's so like one one minute medical racism is all the rage. Uh, yes. And one minute black people are not intelligent enough um, and are being uh, treated as if we don't have information or knowledge about what lives in our bodies. It's BLM. We love black people. One minute and then it's black people are essentially, you know, you're not smart. Yeah. In the next breath. Yeah. You know, or, or that you not your concerns or your reservations about getting vaccinated are rooted in your own willful ignorance. Yeah. You know, or, you know, there is no other concern that you could possibly have and that you, a black person, has to sacrifice themselves for the greater good of a country that does not care about you and people who don't give a fuck about you either. It's like we're not going to act all, uh, all of a sudden communal. That's what because, the pushes seem. Yeah. That's what the pushes seem. It seems it seems like you can't have questions or concerns. Like you just need to be on board. Mm-hmm. And this is from two vaccinated people. Like we are built on a country that literally every single action, every single push forward, most of it has been done via the means of colonization so therefore coercion and pressure and manipulation are all tactics to have things get completed to build a country right so that's no different than how we start to show up in conversations that we say are quote-unquote good for everybody or good for the community we have to be mindful of how we are encouraging folks to participate in those things. Same with voting. If any, and we've already talked about this uh, until, you know, we've, I don't want to use that analogy, but we've talked about this so much about voting is that you can't guilt trip people into voting. You need to explain to them why this is allegedly effective and what they're voting for and what goes into it. How much money do elected officials get when they do their campaigns? What are exactly is their platform? So on and so forth. And so often it's just vote, 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 vote. You suck if you don't vote, uh, vote or die. Like all of those things are all tactics of, you know, colonization, right? And we need to start moving away from that and start considering a more consensual way of having conversations about anything, but especially things that involve someone else's body. Yes. And mm-hmm. engaging somebody in a conversation, an actual conversation yes. about their body yes. and about what what their options are and what an mRNA uh, vaccine is and, and really getting information out there to people in a way that is also coupled with information about medical racism, not to have it separate, Mm -hmm. not to have it be like the country experimented on black people, um, non-consensually, but you know, just get the vaccine, you know, that's not happening now. Um, you know, there's, there's just definitely a different way to talk about it and to approach it. But I think everybody is just in such a swirl of like, uh, of absolutism Mm -hmm. where it's like, it, 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 it's just one day people are it's almost like the vaccine or COVID is just a, is a way for people to kind of 
corral around something and have a shared consensus about so that there's a good side the vaccinated people are the good ones and we all get to feel good about we love binaries and white supremacy yeah we get to feel good about ourselves for being vaccinated which then means that we have to vilify people who aren't vaccinated or who don't want to be vaccinated or whatever the case may be I'm not talking about white people who you know um, lead misinformation campaigns about the vaccine and lead pseudoscientific campaigns campaigns about the vaccine. I'm talking about people who even are vaccinated, but who have expressed concerns that the United States, that which does not have universal health care, is not thinking about the long-term overall care solutions for Black people in Black communities mm-hmm. or overall health co- outcomes for Black people um, affected by COVID-19 or communities largely affected by COVID-19. They're not thinking about that. They yeah. don't care about that. The insurance companies don't care about that. Certainly not. So, and that that is not the conversation mm-hmm. that's being had. Mm-hmm. You know, is who is vaccinated and who is not, and who is dumb for not knowing that you know the vaccines um, don't cause you know as much uh, long lasting negative side effects. Whatever people, whatever people try to say in order to um, shame or sometimes galvanize or encourage people yes. to get vaccinated. Yeah. So whether you're oh. vaccinated or not, I just don't like nobody. What? And I'm just irritated or not. Whether you vaccinated or not. That's just where I'm at. <laughs> Whether you vaccinated or not, we're going to have our mask on unless we outside. Which I'm like, what is going on with the mask? I don't get we're it. We're not talking about the mask. Are we ever going to be able to take the mask off? No. <laughs> I'm tired of the mask. I'm tired. It's also, I feel like it's a bit of a subterfuge, too. I think what does that, that word mean? Like, um, I need to write that down. Um, subterfuge. A subterfuge is like a trick, almost, Sub- or a ruse. Subterfuge. Deceit. Um, S U B T E R F U G E. I'm taking that out. Me spelling subterfuge. <laughs> I like um, it. Deceit. Yeah, on the on the behalf of the government, in the sense that the dichotomy between this binary vaccinated and unvaccinated, you know, could take precedent in people's mind over rich and poor. Okay. Actual rich, actual extra ultra wealthy people and poor, or you know, what other binaries and disparities exist. Um, mm-hmm. You know, a uh, 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 developing country versus a developed country, mm-hmm. uh, a global uh, imperialist economic power versus its subjects. Mm-hmm. Um, the housed uh, and the houseless. The housed and the mm-hmm. houseless, the mm-hmm. uninsured and the insured. Okay. You know, the, the, that that it's just that's what some of the COVID conversations starting to feel like. Yeah. You know, it's it's, it's without it's, any consideration that all of those. Uh, binaries intersect in the conversation of COVID. Yeah. Right? Whether you have housing, whether you have access to insurance, which I did not know that in other states people are asking, even in the state of New York, in some places people are asking for insurance. They ask you for money for the COVID vaccine, for the COVID vaccine, but even just to get testing. tested. Yeah. Right? Like they're, to get testing, they're being asked for money. So all of these you know, uh, uh, intersections come together when you're like, get vaccinated, get vaccinated, get vaccinated. Regardless if you're vaccinated or not, you can still get COVID. So you still have to get tested. This country is yeah. fucked. The, the Federal yeah. Food and Drug Administration is not necessarily, uh, it, it, it's run down near like a, a corporation. It the is. FDA. It is. 
Yeah. Like the highest bidder who get the most money, like yes, yeah. Pfizer um was uh certified as an emergency uh, i think that it had emergency fda approval like i get all that that's the vaccine that i have pfizer who gives a fuck who got pfizer who got moderna one minute johnson and johnson we are debating the efficacy of johnson and johnson and then we're expecting people to want to go out yeah even scientists are debating the efficacy or testing out the efficacy of certain vaccines and then we want people to go get johnson and johnson even if people are saying that's not the company that i would want to work with yeah you know, that I would want in my body or yeah, around me. Yeah, yes. or around me. Like, yes. it, it's, it's just, it's a lot to unpack. And I think people want, would rather shame a motherfucker than actually go and admit that they, you know, have some gaps in their learning and their knowledge about this country and the different processes and how they work and how the scientific community, you know, even the knowledge of COVID being known or that another novel coronavirus could happen over time by the Obama administration, I think the Bush administration, like, these are things that they've known about. Mm-hmm. So let, we're, we're taking our our eyes and our attention off the government, and we're putting it on individuals. Individuals, and it's exhausting. And they do it all the time. Yeah. But the point being, everybody is just switching up. It's like one talk about Texas. It's not that they're switching up. It's that it's the point that you already made. It's there's gaps. Yeah. I'm really interested in the gaps when Texas. Uh, passed the legislation to ban access to abortion at six weeks. I, (laughs) people were in uproar about that, but literally a few weeks before that legislation happened, people were in uproar, uproar about the Taliban taking control over Afghanistan Mm -hmm. and pushing the United States out. People were in uproar saying that women's rights are now going to forever change and they must get out of there. And we're showing images of Afghan people rushing onto planes to get to the United States. And I was so, or to neighboring countries. And I was so confused. But even there was many petitions that said, you know, Afghans are, Afghan immigrants are welcomed here. This airline will fly people here free, people buying airline miles to get folks, you know, to the United States or neighboring countries. Mm -hmm. I was so confused by this. And I'm only speaking about the United States. (laughs) Is why are we saying that the United States brought one women's rights to another country when they don't exist here. That's it. But then you're saying that Afghan immigrants would be safe in the United States. Since when is any immigrant safe in this country? Like it just feels like of color. No, right. It just, and especially an Afghan immigrant where literally they were falsely accused. That whole country was falsely accused and, uh, targeted, mm-hmm. right. Because of the, uh, uh, xenophobia of the United States as it relates to nine 11. Yeah. Right. Like that 100% is all of these presidents, all of these politicians at fault for creating, Creating all of that propaganda around um, Afghanistan, Afghan people mm-hmm. saying that that was the issue. So it was really, but what was really challenging for me is this idea that now the United States is some beacon of light and hope for another country when it is not in this country. 
That is no. not the case. And it, it just, it doesn't make any sense. So I just sat back and was so confused. But also the use of women's rights and women are now at risk for so-and-so. And if they go here, it'll be better. Or if the United States president, well, then you, literally people say the United States presence in Afghanistan was a good thing for women. But then I also literally. just, I also just was <laughs> baffled because one, it's a war zone because it was a war, a lit, it was a war. It wasn't, it wasn't like the, the United States said, let me come help. It was literally a war yeah. for 20 years. So there's no way in the world that a war zone is good for anybody. Nope. But then also the erasure of trans and non-binary yeah. and agender folks. This one, we just came from June <laughs> where literally every, nobody wants to talk even about cis people. They just want to talk about trans people. And everybody people. saying cis, yeah, a yes. cis woman and cis man and you see it written and there's uh, definitions of cisgender and trans and people have that all distinguished during But June. none of that is happening when we're talking about Afghanistan it's so my so the same thing that you're talking about with the vaccine it's just where is the the building blocks of what you've learned over here brought to this conversation yeah if you've learned about gender and and now we're going to have a conversation about Afghanistan wouldn't you be questioning as well as where are the trans and non-binary Afghan people included in this conversation? Mm-hmm. And why in the world would the United States be a place that is considered great for women's rights? Yeah. And then literally, literally yeah. three weeks later, a state in the United States is able to pass legislation that says you cannot have an abortion as six weeks and what we're going to do is we can make it so your neighbors, your family members, even the freaking Uber driver can say, this is what you're going to do and stop someone from doing that. Mm. You mean to tell me that a country that is able to do that is a beacon of freaking hope in another country? Yeah. That is propaganda bullshit. Yep. And that's why I was just so confused why that was the conversation. And it was everywhere. Yeah. It was everywhere. It starts to make you feel completely uh, uh, lost, honestly. Yes. You're supposed to be lost. <laughs> but that's how I You're feel. You're supposed to be lost. You're not supposed to know that, number one, 70% of Afghanistan is rural and agrarian. Mm, I didn't know that. So the majority of people live in the countryside in Afghanistan, not mm-hmm. in the cities. Why that is important is because this idea that the United States brought some type of metropolitan or modernism to yes. the barbaric and primitive yes. Yes. Um, colonialism. Af- uh, yeah, Afghan people. Mm-hmm. That is an, uh, a very old old narrative it it, yep. it predates you know the united states going into afghanistan or even the united states disrupting the middle east with its cold war pursuits in the 1950s this idea like you saying that there aren't queer and trans people who in afghanistan who have been living not near no metropolitan center not near no city, yep. who have been resisting the Taliban and resisting the United States occupation for as long as they've been there, for yes. the whole 20 years. Yes. It's as if, you know... 
1996, when the Taliban took control of Kabul the first time from the uh, Russian puppet government, that the Clinton administration wasn't like, this is great for American companies seeking to build in Afghanistan. They wasn't tripping off of the human rights abuses against, you know, presumable cis women then. That wasn't really a concern. The United States concern, again, like it was then in 1996, as it is in 2021, is their financial interest. And during that time, it was to build a oil pipeline. But it gave U.S. military way too much praise. Yes. And, and that, too, is like, wow, look at the U.S. military. I'm like, this is really happening? Yeah. Like, there's really praise of a military? Yes. Our troops. We just had a whole, I don't know, six-month steady conversation with very reluctant people. But granted, the conversation was wildly there and mm-hmm. still is around policing. Do mm-hmm. people not think that the military is also for policing? Yeah. Okay. All right, because I was very, I was very confused. Because if a, a person in is in the military holding a baby with a gun on their around their at their hip, that don't make me They're feel the safe. They're the rescue. That is that's wild to me. They rescue. That's wild so that's to me. that's an old Cold War narrative. It's mm-hmm. like also why aren't white people in the same way that black people are shame or, or about our supposed lack of knowledge or ignorance around COVID? Why aren't white people similarly shamed about their lack of awareness around military um occupation and US military interventions made on their behalf? All wars are to protect white people's financial interests Go off. and economic interests. Mm. Like that, there is no, I don't know why when a white person spread misinformation about Afghanistan or, or about the Taliban why, or the fact that the United States and, and the CIA in part created the Taliban, mm-hmm. you know, to forward Cold War interests. In the 80s during the Soviet Afghan war, look up Operation Cyclone started by the CIA, the Mujahideen. Look at it. the fact that white people don't necessarily come to conversations with that knowledge. Nobody is saying y'all are hella ignorant. Ooh. Nobody's saying y'all don't know what y'all talking about and to stop doing this. That's what people say to black people on the internet all the time. Stop doing this and stop doing that. You know, I, there's I no think direction. It may be too, I think it may be too soon to say this, but I, there is a desire for us all to have a popular opinion. Yeah. The same opinion. Mm-hmm. And this is jumping to the Met Gala, but it's the best example for me to use. Mm-hmm. You all are, everyone is supposed to agree that AOC wearing tax the rich on their dress was a good thing. Mm-hmm. Anyone who has a dissenting opinion about that or is annoyed by it or thinks it's ridiculous, whatever dissenting Mm -hmm. opinion, there's something wrong with them, not the dress. You're something wrong with you. And that's what I feel like the conversation is around Afghanistan as well. It's something wrong with you. If you don't believe that a military occupation leaving a country (laughs) is a good thing. I mean, it's a bad thing. If you don't see that as a bad thing, it's like, 
Or, or if you don't understand that you are also just being misled and to believe whatever the government tells you to believe. Period. Rather than Period. to actually read the, the news sources and to compare them and to read news sources that are not necessarily, you know, the main, sometimes they say the fourth uh, I think the fourth arm of the state is, mm-hmm. is the the mainstream media in a yeah. lot of ways, and I'm not talking about fucking Tucker Carlson and the ma- anybody talking about Fox the bitches. News. I don't even care about them. I'm not talking about no conservative, right wing white people. I'm talking about mainstream media that is owned by white people. New York Times, as a friend of mine told me, is owned by a family. I did not know that. I had to yeah. learn these things mm-hmm. from somebody who used to work there. Yeah. Um, the so Atlantic, same thing. The Washington Post. <laughs> yeah. Owned by Jeff Bezos. Yeah. Like, has pro-capitalist propaganda on its pages all the time. So even as you um, read CNN and you read NPR and you read the New York Times, you have to cross-reference and cross-check the different sources that you're reading from and start to really, really dive deep. This insistence of people that the U.S. all of a sudden withdrew, that Joe Biden was like, we're getting the troops out of there. They already, Joe Biden in February 2020, the, the, the actually the the Trump administration, I believe, they had already known that they lost, that the Taliban was gaining wow. hold in Afghanistan. So this was not something sudden. It wasn't like, oh, we're gonna you know look out for our troops. He don't. The United States government don't care about the troops. Yeah. They, they don't, don't care. They don't been there for 20 years. You think if they cared about the troops, they would have left maybe but they, sooner? Right. But they <laughs> care about the troops in Afghanistan. They care when the people are there. Yeah. The people in Afghanistan living in the green zone or zones near uh, military U.S. military bases, those people literally come there and set up encampments just so that they can get the scraps of all the food and clothing that the U.S. military receives. All the cushioning and wow. padding that they have there. So while we have this, oh, in, our embattled troops over there waging war in Afghanistan and protecting the United States, it's like, no, they sitting high on the hog. Mm-hmm. Why everybody around them is, is being killed. Yeah. Civilians in Afghanistan being killed. For 20 two, years. Two, But two weeks before we got reports that the Taliban took uh, Kabul and and was in the presidential palace and the president or the prime meant the the, prime, the president of Afghanistan before we knew that he fled two weeks before that there were airstrikes the yeah. United States was dropping bombs in Afghanistan and, and killing this, people and killing civilians wow. that has been the largest death toll in Afghanistan are unarmed people children. There's a conversation about women, presumably cis women. No conversations about children. No conversations about any because it's, it is about how we. It's because it's not. It's about it's optics. optics. It's not even about cis women. No, it's all optics. It's all optics. Just like tax the rich is an optic. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it's just incredible. I'm tired of the optics. It's I'm tired. I'm tired of people falling for the optics yeah. too. I think I'm. I'm tired. I think that's why I'd be confused. Yeah. It's like, what's happening here? Yeah. <laughs> it's not adding up that you're upset yeah. that the U.S. is pulling out of this country. Yeah. That is, that's not making any sense to me. Yeah. <laughs> they were never allowed to be there. No. Hello. And the <laughs> Taliban, you're saying the Taliban is horrible and they bad. And what is the difference between the Taliban and 
in the United States government. Okay, ask the what question. What is the tally, the difference between, you asked that, you asked I that did. before, you said, what's, what's the, the difference between the Taliban and the Biden administration? What's the difference? The United States, and this is a very, Afghanistan is something that all black people need to have our eyes and our ears on and really be fully tapped in to what is happening. Because it's not just, oh, the United States spent trillions of dollars on a failed war. Do you think the United States is really about to let a trillion something dollars go? You know what I mean? Do yeah. you think the United States is really about to withdraw cold turkey and not have some type of quasi military presence remaining in Afghanistan designed to kill more people in order to protect its interests there to compete with Russia and to compete with China? That's still going to be happening. But what I want to talk to black people about across the diaspora is that the United States is not just in Afghanistan. The United States is in African countries as well. The United States did airstrikes and bombed uh, Somalia not too long ago. Yeah, that is happening. These yep. you, you got to start. I'm going to I have Are people going to be sad when they pull out of Somalia. Well, that's what I'm saying. That's the same thing, though. Well, oh, well, no, they won't be. They won't be sad when they pull out of Somalia because the United States already has sanctions on countries like Somalia. Any country that is a predominantly Muslim, the United States finds a way to provide some type of sanction to, to cut people off from resources, to cut people off from uh, food, medicine, all of that stuff. It's disgusting. It's disgusting. It's something that we need to be looking at. Haiti being a massive oligarchy president, uh, Jovenel Moise being assassinated. Like that is that is something that we have to be looking at. You know, those are things that are important and 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 Black American people's interests are really in mind. It is very very similar. I think about Afghanistan all the time in the sense that the, the way that. The occupation that the United States has and the police have um, in black communities. I yes. think about that. It's similar. It's very similar. And how we it's rest very for similar. power in our own communities. Mm-hmm. The uh, stripping of resources. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And what is left as a result of mm-hmm. that. It's, it's, it's really and how we And how black people will feel like the presence of police is a good thing. Yeah. You know, like there is the complicity that mm-hmm. develops because of the presence of whiteness. Yeah. That is also the terrorism of mm-hmm. whiteness, the That's the, the right. manipulation of your mind, yep. the belief that you need that abuser present. That yep. No, like there's so much work to be done for uh, for the marginalized in the undoing of this very uh, emotionally abusive relationship um, that we have with whiteness, that we need it, that we need to be close to it, that we need to have white people around. Like all of that has to be contested with on a regular basis as much as possible. Right. Even when it's the most uncomfortable. And I know we say, oh, you got to get uncomfortable no i don't know that people are really willing to get uncomfortable no right? as a u.s house of representatives member okay. or a congress Come member on. going to a gala two hundred thousand dollar a table thirty five thousand dollar a ticket mm-hmm. that you, the any congress person is a representative of that united states imperialist government that yep. is actively bombing countries at this moment and killing civilians yeah to protect their interests yeah but other people went babe 
Other other um, U.S. Congress people went as well. Yeah, and they probably was drinking and smoozing and doing their thing. Yeah, they was mingling, moving about the room, being a politician, not making some vapid statement in order to to. I don't know what it was for. It's giving performative. Yeah, the, like the make, assignment is performative. Make the statement on the House floor. <laughs> Make the statement on the House floor. They're, they're debating the economic stimulus uh, legisla- legislation right now that House Democrats and uh, composed the moderates and whatever the fuck they be calling themselves. The motherfuckers, liberal Democrats. I don't know what she is, Democratic Socialist or whatever she's calling herself. You know, that is going to largely leave millionaires and billionaires fortunes um, untaxed mm-hmm. and intact. Mm-hmm. They should have said Rich and tax, not no tax to rich. <laughs> Inheritance is vast wealth. Them people who who go to the Met Gala, who live around that community, what is that? The upper that's the Upper East Side. Yeah, they're gonna be fine. Do y'all know what the Upper East Side looks like? Do y'all know how much those rent costs are? Yes, the the Met. You can pay whatever you want to go to the Met, but a lot of the art that's in the Met, the not the fashion part, but the, a lot of the other art that's there is stolen. Yes, <laughs> like we again, people have talked about museum culture right now. Current, I think I believe it was last year, but likely still now till today. Just because there's actions one year does not mean those the same behaviors haven't persisted. Yeah. And last year the um. Uh, black and non-black POC staff members of the Met called out the Met and organized to actually have something done about the systemic racism that was happening at the Met. <laughs> like, don't tell me that you're going to the Met with a dress on that says tax the rich because you want to preserve cultural institutions without actually dealing with the fact that yeah. that cultural institution has caused mass gentrification and displacement and to the few black and non-black POC that work there are feeling like they're just going to get pushed out because of the structures that exist. And you can't tell me that the uh, Vogue, uh, Anna Winter, all of these people who have been called out for racism, throwing a big party is not going to seep into the 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 fabric of that mm-hmm. institution. And that's mm-hmm. just one party. Those are right? the people. That's just one person. That's just one. Right. <laughs> and we Oh, and that's the thing too is this this idea that we're gonna have a conversation. I am so tired of a conversation. Yes. I am so tired. There were uh, many activists outside of the Met Gala on the night that it happened who were protesting. That is a conversation. Yeah. And they were arrested. So don't tell me that you are walking into a party without being pushed out, without being arrested, Mm -hmm. because you're going to, quote unquote, talk to people. We have all been to parties with multiple people, and this is thousands of people. (laughs) There are so many people who go to this party, and I'm including press, I'm including photographers, I'm including social media managers, all those people. So many people go to this party. Ain't no way you sitting around having a conversation about tax the rich long enough where it's actually effective. Don't play with us it's like also, i just yeah. feel like it's playing with us and I, I just read that that tweet i've never seen it before but you know capitalism will even sell you you know uh uh what is effective in capitalism <laughs> like yeah it will sell you this all will work we'll have a comp, uh, comp. and it's also very <laughs> again i don't know what it is it's the shaming i think we have a theme here with just like it's true shame and motherfuckers over some shit that you don't even know about it's like you are literally a politician you say oh they're a 
other politicians there, and I got in free, but my white partner also went, so I don't know. No, who no, paid no. For but they say, but she ticket. said you can go. She was like, "Did you know that you can go to the Met um, for very little money? I'm, can I go to the Met Gala or can I go to the Met? I know I could go to the Met. You're at the Met Gala, sis. Yeah, did the New York <laughs> Supreme Court just? You didn't walk around in that dress and 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 in on the Upper East Side where you could have around the streets and and knocked on doors where people live and say, hey, I'm t- I want to talk about tax the rich. You went to the party. Child, Cynthia and this one don't do that next. If she listened to this part, they're going to steal that idea. They're going to be like, Erica, oh shit, well they should tell me to and do I that. And I also, I mean, y'all are not ready for this. Y'all are cer- certainly not ready for this. Mm-hmm. But I want to know the other politicians that went. Mm-hmm. And I want to know what they look like. Because all I That's saw it. was Bill de Blasio. And he barely got any photos. So I want to know because ALC needs to talk about her proximity to pretty privilege. And whiteness. The being conventionally attractive to whiteness uh you know all of these things into having like a very thin body right to fit into these dresses i remember yesterday something i can't get out of my head is gabrielle union said you know i haven't eaten in a few days that's what she literally said to talk about getting into a dress and it was kind of just laughed off but that is the kind of culture that is around the met gala i gotta work out hella much or i gotta starve myself in order to fit into these really small dresses it's the same thing happened with AOC because where is the squad? Yep. Why is AOC just with a designer? Why isn't she yep. with all of her politician friends? Yep. The ones who don't look like her? Yep. Right? Where is Ayanna Presley? Yep. Right, where where is the, I don't understand. Like I and I do understand, but no one is having that conversation. If you like the dress so much, why aren't you asking where are other people at? Were they invited or mm-hmm. did they not receive an invite? Is this all about optics? Yeah. I just, I don't know. And did she go talk to the director since there, since everybody is so conversational, uh, conversational and so um, <laughs> sophisticated at the Met yeah. and just so interested in, you know, the Democrats new tax plan. I'm sure that's, that was great fodder for conversation over yeah. whatever the cocktails and stuff that they was drinking or whatever else they was probably doing in there. Yeah. You know, did she talk to the, the the director of the Met about you know how in five months he made over seven hundred and sixty thousand dollars in five months on the job? Oh, that's not that's not that much his money. Salary that's is not that much hundred thousand dollars a year, and on top of that, he received a two hundred and fifty thousand dollar bonus. That's a lot of money, babe. That's a lot of money to you. Well, I mean, he's making it a year. This was in twenty eighteen when he took the job, and that's how much he he got. I think paid. he should make more. I yeah. think he should make more. Yeah, he should. He, he should works make hard. More. He works very hard. Mm-hmm. What did he say? Didn't the director of the Met say they don't want the zealots? The this zealots. institution needs to be protected from, from the, the zealots. And they arrested them yesterday. They're out now, but they arrested them yesterday. The zealots. Yeah. It's disgusting. I'm being sarcastic. But here's the thing. It's just like one and then other. And then here's the thing. Like you try to get me to see. The sad part is that there are people who you would think have a radical politic or who you would assume just because they black, they have a radical politic, yeah, who really be like, uh-uh, they were just going to the party. Yeah. She was just at she the just party. She just wanted to go to a party. Did I'm she? Like, Wait why a minute. Do, do that? The thing is, is she's telling you that she wanted to go have a conversation about tax the rich. So much so that she put it on the back of her dress. It don't seem like she just want to go to a party. And I'm also certainly clear that politicians go to parties all the time. 
Yeah. They do the schmoozing all the time. They don't go to work nine to five and then go home. They don't. You have to raise money. Yeah. <laughs> they do this all the time. You got to raise it's money. It's a part of their job. She says she don't take corporate <laughs> donations. She takes somebody else's donation. <laughs> and this helps. It do helps. anybody have to do Kim Kardashian look like she really, oh, yeah, like... I totally, you know, the tax plan and like, I'm trying to figure out, is it 36%? Like, do any of them seem remotely interested in how, you know, the Democrats going to raise $2.3 trillion for the, the, the social safety nets and Medicare and Medicaid? Them motherfuckers don't care about that. They rich. They're rich. <laughs> what would be the state? What's at stake for you having a conversation with them about it? And also, I'm tired of y'all with this conversation shit. Yes. People... Is y'all insulting the public intelligence yep. with this? I need to have a conversation. I'm going to start a dialogue. That <laughs> shit is to not have no more dialogue. That is a deflection method. It is. That is a rhetorical device used to deflect from criticism. Yep. I had a conversation and therefore anything that I did that wasn't effective does not deserve critique because at least I tried to start a conversation. First of all, people are talking about how you neoliberal and how you being used, you know, to co-op, you know, and, and to quell dissent among radical revolutionary young people. Yep. The conversation has moved on from tax the rich, yep. from sloganeering. Yep. The conversation has been driven by people on the ground, not by people at the Met. Okay. The conversation has surpassed you. Okay. Niggas is in action right now. You got to go do your job. You could have wore that dress on the house club. Okay. Go off. You could have wore that dress at work. Go off. You having hella fun getting interviewed and shit. You're not, it's not looking stressful. It's not looking stressful. Can you you help me understand why AOC thinks that she's working class? I'm confused. That's what she called herself? She said work to working class. Aurora James, who is somebody who's super wealthy in, in Brooklyn, black designer, has several stores in Brooklyn, uh, I believe also comes from money, if I'm not mistaken, but surely has money now, if that's incorrect. And AOC, AOC, I don't understand. Where's the working, where is the class conversation? Here? Oh, no, they don't want to have that conversation. How are you working class? And that's huh? the thing. It's like, even if you, it's, it, it, it boils down to the fact that there are people who sanction and support AOC and what she says and does. Yes. She should have said, what is black on the back of her dress? That's what I, I said. That. They should have thrown that, I should have threw that on the back of the dress. Mm-hmm. It's like, what is the conversation? What, what is the conversation about reparations? Okay. What's the conversation about the eviction moratorium, literally the Supreme Court in New York State, you know, uh, ending the eviction moratorium? Mm-hmm. So much so that people on the ground, Flatbush Tennis Coalition and other uh, groups, you yeah. know, housing justice and housing rights group, had to literally pressure their elected officials yeah. to keep protections in place so that people don't get evicted during a pandemic still in 2021 yeah that has not been addressed yeah where was that on your dress it ain't enough dresses in the world in the fabric it's of not, the world it's not new york city where you were last night yes. <laughs> where you are a congressperson of they literally have we have the highest rent yep. prices in the country why is that not on your dress? Why is that not a talking point? Like yep. you want to talk about money, you want to talk about taxing the rich. We all, oh, if if who if you are invited to the Met Gala and the Met Gala costs thirty five k per ticket and two hundred k plus per table, yeah, where did that money go? 
Who paid for it? Yeah. What does the U.S. Are you telling me the U.S. Um, Congress mm-hmm. budget paid for it? The same budget that yeah. can't give out uh, uh, enough uh, stimulus checks to people? Yeah. That same place is paying for all of y'all allegedly to go to the Met Gala? Is that what you're telling me? Yeah. Where did the money come from? Did, did nobody pay? Is it free for you? Like, what? It, it, explain to me. The process. <laughs> so that I, I can ask you, how is it free? You just a regular working class person. How it can become free for how, you? And how you get in without getting arrested? Because there's working class people outside protests and they got arrested. Which, said, when, when your haters. dress also a protest? Well, she said the people protesting the Met is haters. Okay. That was her words. Okay. And Erica She made didn't a good say point. the people protesting the Met are uh, haters. She said the people hater? critiquing her are haters. I just want to be clear. <laughs> but my thing is, what's the difference? What's the it's difference? A, you are inside of an institution that they're protesting. Yep. Inside of the same critiques that people have of you. Yep. Pointed critiques. Yep. Critiques that make sense. Ain't no, everybody who critique AOC is not right wing. Yeah. Everybody who critique a, a, a pseudo or quasi radical wannabe person, a neoliberal person, is not right wing. Yeah. These are people a part of your quote unquote constituency holding you to the fire and something you asked for and holding you to account for something you signed. You yep. signed up to be a representative of the empire. Mm-hmm. You think you can reform the system from within. Yeah. The decrepit, already fucked up racist system and misogynistic system that you now complaining about is misogynistic. Yep. Your fucking white coworkers who have been motherfucking fucking your T.O. Bernie Sanders. Yeah. Who've been politicians for 30, 40, 50 years, ain't taxed the rich yet. Okay. <laughs> okay. It hasn't happened yet. Okay, your president too. You ain't gonna tax the rich, you're gonna get richer at the Met Gala. Okay. You don't fucking tax no rich at the Met Gala. Okay. You trying to make these grandiose uh, grand sweeping political statements in order to garner popular support yep. among young people or uh, who like shit like young white people who are down with that. Yeah. You know, who for feminism. It's white is feminism. A, 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 That's exactly. all it is. It's just white feminism. It's just white feminism. That's it. And then when somebody critiques you, you call them haters. Haters. When you're a representative of the United States government, that's why you I'm confused. I'm confused. How are we haters? It's sounding like Trump. It's no shade. It's sounding a lot like Trump. No, it's misogyny, it's sexism, and the haters okay. and hating the hating. Oh, okay. Like Tucker Carl, we didn't think about Tucker Carlson. He ain't even lit watching the match. <laughs> he don't even know what day that is. He don't know when that. He don't even know what that is. Was he invited? He may have went. He might have. He may have went. And don't tell him what conservative white people you could have been having a quote-unquote conversation with okay. that live all around the Upper East Side. Okay, I'm pretty sure Anna Winter is conservative. Yeah. <laughs> in some sense. And even if she liberal. In, so, in a lot of sense. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so I think that that's, yes. that's what... It's just a fresh... It's frustrating. It's frustrating. It's just like every day, it's like... Every day, I just don't know. It's just, I, I get concerned that it's like everybody's outrage. It's about the outrage and it's about the disdain. Yep. Of things that you can understand instead of going and seeking out what you don't know. Yep. Instead of investigating, whoa, people are critiquing me. What type of people are critiquing me? Yeah, what's who being might said? Be, who, what is actually being said that is of value? That's not ad hominem. That's not talking about how I... Maybe this was a bad idea. Like Maybe it was a bad idea. Let me hold space for perhaps this was a bad idea. Yeah. 
Yeah, it's just hella defensiveness. And that's the thing. It's just they get on their high horse. And politicians And they get that. with their power. And they don't want to relinquish any sort of control at all. Even if it means being humble. And having a little bit of humility, intellectual humility of maybe this was not a good idea. Yeah. Or yep that's it up it. and just go to a that's party. It. Just wear a white dress, sis. Like, come on. Just yep it up. Be a yuppie. Go to the party. But don't try to turn it into a... Um, uh, fundraising campaign. Yeah, and I mean, look, <laughs> here's the thing. <laughs> From two people who have called out a, a, a quasi-institution while at said institution, call out the institution. Yeah. <laughs> Don't just have a random political statement. Talk about the institution. Do mm-hmm. It literally takes three seconds to find that the Met staff, black and non-black POC, are are currently calling out the Met. You could have put that on your dress and that would have made a massive difference for the people who work there. But no, nope, 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 nope. Yep. Instead of being like, you know what? It's great. You know, the the Taliban is, um, you know, it's great that Joe Biden is taking the U.S. out of there. You know, the U.S. didn't teach the, the, the Afghan army. They failed to learn anything from the United States. You know, uh, that puppet government didn't do its job of being a good puppet and mimicking everything the United States military forces taught them to do. You know, it's a good thing that we're leaving and they got to hold their own now instead of, you know, understanding and realizing that the United States government literally they're, they're not leaving. Uh, this was a 20-year war. It was started really basically to protect the oil, United States oil oil interests. You can look up Operation, what is that called? George Bush. It was called Operation, what the, uh, Enduring Freedom. OEF, Operation Enduring Freedom. You can look that up. You can look up 9-11 since we was talking about 9-11. I was like, yeah, why isn't anybody been. talking about you know, the fact that the people who were supposedly the terrorists during the line 11, um, not one of those people, I think, was from Iraq or Afghanistan. No. They were from Saudi it's Arabia. completely made up. Um, one of the U.S.'s big uh, oil allies or financial and economic allies. Um, so you know why they didn't go to Saudi Arabia. It was no war in Saudi Arabia. No. Mm-hmm. Instead of reading and, and really taking that seriously and, and being like, yeah. damn, Ebony, I don't believe you. Let me go research that shit myself. Yeah. And I'm going to leave. There are so many. Um, I've been reading really great articles on BlackAllianceForPeace.com. The Black Alliance for Peace is a radical, revolutionary, trusted organization um, that has been doing this work for decades now, um, talking about the U.S. military interventions um, in other countries and U.S. imperialism. There are a plethora of resources from Afghan uh, feminists, from Afghan people, from uh, other Middle Eastern groups um, that are talking about the 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 U.S.'s interests. Uh, the the economic U.S. the U.S.'s economic interest in Afghanistan and how the you know the Taliban owns literally seventy what is it ninety percent of the global heroin trade the global heroin trade that mostly is the the consumers are in the in the West in Europe in the United States like all of those things are a factor it's not just that the United States did a great thing they went in there had a war now they leaving and all the women is in danger it's just not what works so formulaic and simple like that yep go read. 
I have so, so read. many killer resources. I have so Go many, check out the resource I have so on this many episode. Resources. I'm loaded in resources about Afghanistan, written by people from Afghanistan or people from Pakistan or people from other countries in the region who have uh, who are experts and who know about the issues. Who know about the issues by black people who know about the issues as well because they understand that there is a, a global revolutionary struggle that links uh, that black people are used um, as a as a tool of imperialism in a lot of ways as you it used to happen all the time the State Department sending Louis Armstrong and other jazz musicians to other countries um, to be spies or to you know show the United States treats our Negroes really well that's why you should you know want us to come and be you know you that's why you should be a, a democratic country instead of a communist one uh, like the Soviets and uh, during the time shit like that like unlearning your indoctrination and actively unlearning it um, versus just being indoctrinated like and being comfortable with that like I, I don't I don't get it I don't get the allure of it it's like or disagreeing but you don't have the empirical data and facts to support that in which you agree with unfortunately black people have the burden of proof we have the empirical data and evidence and facts to support our claims and our assertions about the conditions that affect our lives as black people. We live in an, a U.S. imperial. When we say we live in a white supremacist U.S. imperialist um, country, we can support that with research. We can support that with data. We can support that objectively and subjectively. Um, so when you disagreeing with a motherfucker, it, you, you, what are you disagreeing with exactly? You disagreeing with that person. You're not even disagreeing with what they're experiencing or what they're telling you about their experience. You're not even, you're not, or about their experience with empire. You're, you're, you are agreeing with empire without knowing that that's what you're doing. And you, but you think it's just, oh, people mad at the dress and they hate rich people. They mad at rich people. It's like, no, you love rich people. You have to deal with that, you know. It's I'm I'm ready to deal with things that I love that's fucked up. I think it's important that we talk about the fact that out of all of the people who were nominated at the Emmys, all the black people, all the non-black people of color who were nominated for an Emmy, only one won. Michaela Cole. I think it's also important for us to talk about the fact that the white cis woman who went missing in it's in Wyoming, Gabby Petito, Gabby Petito went missing. And I kept seeing this everywhere in the news. And of course I had the thought of why do they keep talking about this one white girl gone missing? I don't understand why this is special. Not that she's not special, but there are 710 indigenous people who have gone missing from that same area mm-hmm. that did not get any news um, attention at all. <laughs> right. Not national news attention by any means. Yes. And then right now we have border um, officials or border police, <laughs> um, uh, border um imperialist at the texas border on horseback read that um read uh the 
notice from Haitian Bridge, which is an Instagram account. Yes, it says three deportation flights were sent out today to Haiti. This is a total of six flights in about 24 hours. Six more is expected tomorrow. This is the cruelty of the Biden administration. Again, we repeat, we will not forget this. This is from Haitian Bridge, um, their Instagram. But while they're doing these deportations, they happen all the time to Haitian immigrants. And what was happening that the White House is saying they don't have any context for right now as we're recording this, they're saying they don't have any context for is deportation officials whipping Haitian immigrants at the border. There there are reports of that. And there are, it's literally a picture of it. That looks like a la- the part that looks like a lasso thing, babe. They are do they are literally whipping them. What's in their hand? Why would the lasso be seen? Why would that? Well, lasso is to grab something. It's to grab an animal. Yeah, you're right. You're right. <laughs> Why would it be away from the animal and on to a human? Yeah. So I feel like there's a connection here. And it's disturbing because it's things happening are in, in, in literally days apart from each other, but also just this visible, what a victim looks like, what an Emmy winner looks like, what an immigrant looks like, right? Because there are national news about immigrants and they don't look like Haitians, right? There is national news about people going disappearing and they are white, it's national news about whatever colonizer story winning a million mm-hmm. Emmys. And that is what is important. And one of the, one of the actors or get one of the actors in that, in, in the crown wore like, um, nail extensions. And now that is like the new trend. There's so many connections that I'm seeing here, like the erasure of black and indigenous people. And even at the Emmys, they had indigenous actors speak and do an introduction, but no, I don't, to my understanding, no indigenous actors or no indigenous writers or no indigenous directors, musicians, so on and so forth were nominated, but they were there to, to, uh, uh, do an award, right? To deliver an award to, I think another white person. Yes. I think that was the white person that took up hella space. It may have been. Either way. They I feel like there's a connection here with all of these things and I don't want it to go over people's heads. Yes. I want people to wake up and realize that Kamala Harris just three months ago, not three years ago, not during the campaign trail, just three months ago, told people do not come in, um, uh, undocumented immigrants do not come to the U S yes. that you will be turned away that the U.S. is going to still enforce its immigration policies. That is what the vice president said. And on the campaign trail, Biden said that there should be a safer space. And he didn't say safer. A safe space for asylum speaker, asylum speakers, Lord. Seekers. See, asylum seekers. Yeah. That's what he said on the campaign trail. So how is it that the, the U.S. government has been talking about being an ally to the country of Haiti. And now Haitians are fleeing that country for the same reasons the U.S. claims to give a fuck. Mm -hmm. And now they are being sent back to the same country. That doesn't make any sense. 
Well, it that only makes make, sense. And this a, is not. A, and the, don't get me wrong. I am not saying the United States is a safe space to be either. <laughs> no, I'm not saying that either by enemy. Clearly, yeah, but the United States is a confluence of made up borders. Yes, it's not real. This is not the United States government's land. That's not yes. how this works. I don't know what the <laughs> message is here. It may okay. just be pay attention. It may also be that you have to be mindful of how your news sources are pushing information out. Mm-hmm. And I don't even think that's enough. I think it's also just look at how nothing has changed from one administration to the next. Look at how there are black people in the space, non-black people of color in the space, and they're still not receiving the awards that they should be receiving. Now, granted, fuck white institutions, but still, again, look at how white institutions will use black people, fill up nomination spots, but never give them any sort of accolade. And that's because they treat us like avatars. They treat us as if we are not people. We are stand-ins for representation. We are stand-ins for the token indigenous underrepresented actors and uh, producers and directors who work in the film industry who don't get those opportunities. Like, there's no such thing as underrepresented. It's just you're not represented so that white people can be represented. Anything that's going to upend white people's dominance in any industry, white people are not going to opt for that. But they are going to opt for you introducing the awards that they will inevitably get because they've created these fake award systems to, you know, scratch each other's backs. It's just, it's the reality. <laughs> and Lord, I forgot to ask this. Very important. What is your pronouns? <laughs> what is that? My pronouns are she and they. My pronouns are he, him. Today and then the day after, not just on this podcast. They could or, change tomorrow. No, mine's ain't gonna change. Okay. They what it is. Okay. It is what it is at this point. <laughs> I play around with them sometimes. I respond to Would you nigga. say one of your pronouns? Yes, is nigga. Yeah, yes. I respond to that depending on who you is. Yeah. Depending on who you is. We gotta have a part a part sixteen A A V E session. We've done it in <sighs> multiple mediums. We've done it on Instagram. We've done on the podcast, and now we need another well, episode. Erica, tell me this, babe. Yes, what's that, babe? Do you feel like a white people and non-black people of color using ABE is getting out of hand, like it's at, it's reached a fever pitch, or has it always been like this, and we just have more sort of technological means or communication means that would have us see it. Like, we're just seeing it more because it's more modes of communication for it. I think it's reached a fever pitch because if you think about... Yeah, if you think about Martin, for example. Yeah. Like, what's up? Like, white people started saying that, but it took a long time because Martin was really... I mean, I don't think we have to look at what the di- the demographics of who was watching Martin is to know who was watching no, Martin. No, But they started saying, what's up? The white, the, when did white, white people start saying, when, what's up, like Martin? Now, that's a that's like a history that I want to read. I want to read the anthology of white people saying, what's up? I want to know where it came from because they that's not their word. But see, that it was on a show and there wasn't also the internet during Martin. I think no. there was AOL dial-up, but it wasn't that fast. Nah. And I'm not even sure that existed at the time. Yeah. But now, like I told you, you have TikToks where you can literally have the voice of 
a black person. Like mm. I can do a TikTok and mimic my mouth, uh, a voiceover of Nini. So can a white person. Well, you know, I was thinking about that because I'm like, one, what is that bird called that can that bird that a can parrot? mimic? It's not just a parrot, but there's literally a, some species of bird can mimic sounds of chainsaws. They can mimic pretty much any sound that they ever hear, like to perfection. I thought it was a parrot. No, parrots can say words. It's called the liar bird. Mm-hmm. That's my nigga, the liar bird. That sound like a bird. Every rock star has their groupies. But when the male superb liar bird takes the stage, he gives new definition to the term siren song. His swings look like swag surf. Like many birds, his voice is a Don't say that. The white birds, the seagulls, they're going to start copying. <laughs> <laughs> These aren't different sounds. Those flashy 28 inch long tail feathers don't hurt either. Tail feather. No, let me see. We are really watching. Okay, take that off, babe. Where is it going to make a car sound? They just make an animal sound. Now he's practically one of the paparazzi. It's a camera. You're kidding. Why would he hear the paparazzi? Well, how are you watching it? Okay, now cut that off. Now, in this metaphor, who's the liar bird? Who are the liar birds? White people mimic and copy every fucking thing a black person do. You've even hit me to the game of the mannerism thing. It's the with ma- the nails and the clicking yeah. of the nails emphatically to make a point. Moving your bit, your it's hard to do this on a podcast. Like <laughs> moving your body from side to side. Black people will know. Moving your, I'm not even gonna tell nobody. Y'all know the mannerism. You know what we be doing. Because if I explain it, <laughs> I don't want but nobody the, saying I'm, I learned it from America. But the point is that I guess we let white people get away with homie. Yeah. Well, see, you, so we we were having this conversation because, you know, some, we was walking in Prospect Park and there was some little, like, white kids walking behind us hella fucking close. They was finna get, finna get dealt with. (laughs) Y'all know that one? They was finna get dealt with. Um, But they were just, bro, and bro, and bro, bro, and bro, and yeah, bro, and bro. First of all, (laughs) bro and bro. When did people start, when did white people start saying bro? People would think that bro is what how white people talk, but it's not. Black people started saying bro and bro 100%. to address one another in an ungendered context. And honestly, I'm going to be honest, it really came from Oakland. Let's, and I'm not biased. You always say that. Let's let's do this. Let's do this. Let's do a game. I'm going to say uh, something happening and I need you to respond to it as a white person should. Yeah. Okay. Um, there's a party tonight. Sorry. <laughs> sorry. Are you saying sorry? Cause you haven't, you can't hear me. Sorry. I haven't heard of that. Sorry. Do you want to go to a party tonight? It's going to sure. be. For sure. <laughs> sure. There's, um, the party was like super lively. It was like really, it was really amazing. Awesome. Did you have fun? It was an awesome time. It was neat. I had a neat time. I'm not a liar, but I don't listen to them talk, so I don't know what the fuck they say. 
Um, it was slamming. Saw, no, it was slapping. I saw that someone's part was outfit, and it was really awesome. What did you think about their off- outfit? Their outfit was slapping. It was slamming, and it was jamming. <laughs> <laughs> it was slamming. Their outfit it was, was slamming. <laughs> I'm just getting tired of the. I'm just getting tired of it. Like they just pretending to know. I think they just need some options. Lyrics to shit. They pretending to know all type. It's just like the only reason why white people have southern accents, or I even see white people trying to say finna now. Yeah, I also hate the stealing of um, ballroom culture. I saw that before yeah. my eyes, yeah. like saying "what's tea" and um, "you you're hella shady" or "you throwing shade." Like all of that frustrates the hell out of me because I feel like once white people have taken it, it gets lost of yes. where it came from. Then they start saying things like, "Oh, it's from the internet." Um, no, or it's, this it's, is a thing from the race. south. Yes, and it's just yeah. it's just I don't know what that's called. Well, it's the taking of something and then not actually saying where it's from. It's called stealing. Yeah. <laughs> I think I, I, don't, I don't think I think a liar bird knows that. <laughs> well, well, it's just that bird really sounded like the uh, uh, camera. Well, I gotta watch that video back. But that's I just it's like these, the reason why white people have southern accents, like I talked about before, is vis-a-vis their contact. Uh, interracial contact with black people. I don't mean interracial in a what is it, non-platonic? Yeah. I mean, you mean in, in every a platonic. sense. In you a, mean in, in, a platonic. in a platonic or non-platonic like in a social uh, sociological context. So the that is how black people's language becomes common parlance in the United States and across the world is vis-a-vis our contact with other groups of people black mm. american people's yes contact with other groups of people and it's like ave our culture and our language is really truly worth preserving so i would even say to a lot of black people who have partners that are non-black and are and white mm-hmm. y'all have to interrupt it you but have to but labor, don't be care is that our labor though but you told me, you said some people just don't care about it. They think it's cute, some black some, people. But that's different than mm-hmm. asking the people to interrupt it. Some people don't. Some pe- That's my point, is that uh, sometimes black people are like, it's fine if you say nigga. It's fine if you say what's tea. It's fine if you call me sis, even though you know damn well white people have never, ever, 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 ever called another white Even person sis. sis and girl it's just it, it's still in a racialized context mm-hmm. i don't let no white no white mass person i don't care if they trans mass i don't care if they sis call me boy you're not gonna call me boy or nothing like no even a white cis woman or a, a white no white person of any what gender what is the ave of boy it's it's not about boy it's not about ave it's about what how you're relating to me and my body we mm. talked all the time about how when non-black people or white people speak in AVE, it's situational for them. Yeah. It's yes. in order to look cool yes. or to seem uh, aggressive yeah. or to compete with a black person oftentimes. Yes. yes. Um, Cause what a lot of white cis women will do is I'm going to, especially vying for the attention of black cis men. I can do everything that you can do as a black femme, except have black skin and actually be black. Yeah. I can do all of those things. I can get my nails done like y'all and y'all know damn well, those over 30 years old, we ain't never seen 
No white girls really with nails all like that. Never. How they be clicking and clacking the Kardashians. Mm-mm. It wasn't like that coming up. Nope. Nope. It was no nails. I, I saw, I grew up with white people and they would get French manicures. That's different. For graduation. Prom. I'm not. Not every yes. day at the nail salon. No. No not way. Our, our moms and them yes. with them glow dean. No. Like my, my aunt Sandra has them long ass. And I mean yes, long. She does. Like, I don't know how the inches. Probably like 12 inch nails. Yes. Yes. Little green, lime, lime green rhinestones. Like, it's not happening on that yes. level. But again, this is we why gotta I have say, another episode of this. We're gonna have it. Yes. I, I talk about this stuff a lot. Even the idea of white people calling even even the a high five is something black people created. Yes. Even the practice of saying bro and bruh, a lot of linguists say that a lot of black linguists linguistic scholars say that comes from um black mass people calling each other man in resistance to being called boy mm. by white people. Don't say so, all this now, darling. Leave some for the episode. The that episode we'll is it's a lot. It's gonna it's be a lot. lot. So it, let's just those are some teasers, way. but that's really that's really um eye opening because I didn't know that. But we well, do I, we create A V E out of connectiveness, out of survival, out yes. of you know, a collective you know, understanding of who we are, right? Like it, it's all made up. Even blackness is made up. So of course we're also making a language as well. We yeah. are creating a culture if people are just stealing it. And I think there, I think there needs to be a bit more upset about the thievery. And that's what I talk about mm-hmm. all the time is mm-hmm. that there's not enough upset for the, covert white supremacy. It's just not enough for me. It has to be overt in order for people to actually take an action or do something about it. And that that's frustrating because that's too late. If somebody feels like they can steal your culture, they're going to do anything. (laughs) You kill the language and you kill the people. People. I forgot who that quote is attributed to, but I will find it. Yes. And I will make that available for people. You kill the language. You kill the people. Yes. It is psychological warfare. 100%. White people calling them, calling their partners baby daddy. If you white, you don't have a baby daddy. Yes. You have a father and a child, a dad, a pop. That's it. Yep. You know what I mean? It's just. What would you, what would they say? Dad. Dad. You don't <laughs> have no baby daddy. That's the father of my child. Yeah. You're yes. dropping the S, the contracted S to say baby daddy. Like yeah. it's just whack. Yeah, it's just why, but I won't take up no more time. Thank on you, it. babe. And there's gonna be a, a forthcoming episode because I got a lot of ideas about how I, how I plan to interrupt white people saying AV, and I think it has to be. A lot of people message me and will say, you know, I don't know how to talk to my friend about not using AV. White people, non-black people, even black people talking about their white friends. So I think it might be helpful, maybe like we used to do in like sex ed classes with high school students mm-hmm. to just. Um, uh, do some role role play. Yeah. Yes. I'll be a white person and you be a black person and you tell me to stop using yeah. AVE. You want to do it now? You want to do it now? Okay. Yeah. Yo, yo, yo. So I understood the assignment. Uh, and fuck all that shit. Don't be saying all that. Kevin. What you mean? That's just tick. That's just TikTok. That's internet language. I don't give what a fuck. What you mean, bro? You, yo, change, you, something, something else gonna be ticking and talking to it. <laughs> you gonna run out of time. Time's gonna be up. Time's up. But Drake said it. It's in my music. Drake is white. Put Man, it that way. You tripping. Yeah, pedophile. You tripping. You like pedophiles? Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> you fuck with pedophile pedophilic shit? Goodbye, everything. Okay. 
Okay. Insane. I told Erica this my last thing I was saying, but I said, you know how they did the safety pins? Yeah. White people said they're allies yes. and they started wearing a safety pin to make us feel safer. Yeah. I think white people like doodads and knickknacks. They like little chotskis and trinkets. They like things like that. Do so we dads. have to create something where I'm a safe. I don't use AV. Is it a safety pin? Is it a marker? What is it? We'll have to give them like a knickknack. Yeah. Like a swag it's an bag. It's a swag, swag bag. bag. <laughs> swag is AV. Ooh. They um oh, yeah we can keep going yeah. on and on. Black people create them. African our African ancestors create the guitar, the banjo, fucking guitar, string, string. He won't stop. His it arms are up end. in the air. He won't cut. It doesn't end. This is honestly this is why you two need. episodes in one. So when we come back in yeah. November, don't be upset. No, we gonna really <laughs> try to keep it extra lit for y'all. Honestly, it's really a shame because we did miss the podcast's birthday. We missed the pod. Okay, let's um, go and. Uh-huh. On Babe, we're not about to sing. Yes, Happy we are. To this Five, four, three, two, one. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy okay, birthday. Uh, the podcast's birthday was August 15th. Happy birthday. Okay. Sing, babe. Martin Luther King. Happy birthday to you. Fun fact. What? Fun musicological <laughs> fact. No. That there is not just Stevie Wonder's song to support the making Martin Luther King Jr.'s birthday a national holiday, but Roy Ayers also has a song about making Martin Luther King Jr.'s birthday a national holiday, and it's called You Gotta Have a Holiday. Really? Yes. Well, that's just something. That was an excellent on. fact. Congratulations to you, Ebony. Congratulations, the to you, audio Erica. engineer and the producer and the host of this podcast does an excellent job. Stays up insanely late, like stays up until like three, four in the morning before we go live. So I just want to give you all the love in the world Thanks, because Erica. you work your butt off on this, and we really need a team. So if you Babe. are interested. In producing this podcast, just you know, slip me a little DM. Ebony is having what if Gwyneth Paltrow says she gonna do it for Goop Goop's Goopcast? <laughs> yeah, I just like really love your podcast, and like I know you use the sunscreen, and I actually do love the sunscreen. I Call me Gwyneth. <laughs> I know you do. <laughs> we could work on your racism. <laughs> do a barter. Give her a little AV. She give you some. Uh... <laughs> That is, you know what? Goop. I don't want to go back to this. Go back. I don't want to go back to this, but I'm going back. That is a thing. Mm. Black people who want access and accolade and hella prestige inside of white institutions, it's not just about letting racism slide and never not like keeping your mouth shut on issues. It's also letting white people behave in some of the worst ways. Mm -hmm. And that is like talking to you using AAVE and not saying anything about it. Yeah. Because if you say something about it, yeah, if you say something about it, you could lose your job. Or your friend. Maybe it's more primal than that. It's like, you want this white person to be your friend. It happens though in the climbing up of the ladder. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. What is is a white relationship relationship with a white person except but a ladder in some ways? That is the reality. Don't 
don't be used by white people. And don't come for the messenger because the messenger is strapped. Is strapped with a strap on? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We're moving on. Moving on. But our podcast turned um, four. Four years old. Oh, this was Erica's idea. This I didn't was totally Erica's it. idea. Um, I'm a little jaded about it. I feel like people don't care. I feel like I don't care some days. <laughs> I feel like I'm moving away from this uh, medium in the sense of like, uh, we just, you know, Erica asked me a really important question one day. She was like, you were talking about the internet and it was when, um, during... When the Taliban, uh, during the fall of Kabul, when the Taliban took over Afghanistan mm-hmm. and it's the president fled, you were talking about people's response on the internet and how people kind of, they do it with anything, but kind of rush to sort of have a take on it. Mm-hmm. You know, so people's, the thing they latched on most was the women, the women, yeah. and the fake um, heroism and the crocodile tears for the, the what presumable cis women in Afghanistan um, at the exclusion of all others. And so... All other gender, marginalized genders in mm-hmm. Afghanistan. So, you said, do people just want to talk about the thing mm-hmm. and share about that thing, mm-hmm. or you? What did you? Or say? do they actually care? Do they actually care, or want something to shift? Does yeah. it? Is what is what's more important? The sharing about it and having a hot take, which I kind of hate the notion of. Hot I hate take. the hot notion, but too. like you have your opinion about it or have your thoughts on it. Or is it about actually like interrupting something? Or is it and even Or is it like do they do they inform each other? Like I'm really asking. Yeah. Like I really want to know. Or is it or similarly it's like, well, you know, follow accounts from people, you know, in Afghanistan. And I'm like, what about the people who are who don't have the internet? Yeah. Because they live in a agrarian society. So yeah. over seventy percent of Afghanistan is, is rural area. Yeah. Like and the United States has completely pillaged Afghanistan of all its resources. Yeah. So what about those people? How about follow their account? What if they don't have true. Instagram? It's true. What does this have to do with the podcast? The what it has to do with <laughs> is, is that I start to get frustrated because I'm like, motherfucker just want me to say something. They want you to say something. Yeah. Say, or they, they tell you all the time, well, talk about this and talk about that and follow this account. I'm like, do I need to follow that person's account or do I need to do we need to look at the United States and look at imperialism and look, okay. it just is what it is. I don't have to go follow no account, no, no Israeli accounts to know that occupied Palestine is being, is, is, is a, is an apartheid state. Yes. <clears throat> I don't have to go follow nobody yep. online yep. to be able to be tapped into that. There's so much, Scholarship. So that's how you feel about the podcast. No, not necessarily about our podcast, but just in general in life about the whole the matrix of communications, podcast, social media, mm-hmm. even a, a Facebook status. Like mm-hmm. you know, all these things. You know, they they start to mess with my mental health gotcha. a little bit sometimes. Yeah, I feel that. Um, but, and then that makes it hard to do the podcast. Yeah, gotcha. sometimes it does because gotcha. I'm like I'm just dealing with that. These things is happening. Yeah. So I'm not in no particular mood to proselytize yeah. about anything pain. You know. I feel that. I feel that. Because there is beyond It's too much. It's it the, becomes too much. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It becomes I depressing. It takes a lot. <laughs> it takes a lot to do this podcast. It's it's literally no small feat. I know that our <laughs> our episodes are far apart, but it's just it's just a lot. 
it's a lot to talk about. Even if we had a producer and audio engineer, mm-hmm. it is challenging to ha- talk about these, whatever's going on in the world or what's going on in our life or, you know, it, to have all of that incorporated mm-hmm. is challenging it, because we care. I think for mm-hmm. us, if we were to answer that question, it is to interrupt something. Mm-hmm. I think we both desperately, not maybe desperately is not the right word, but we both That's have, the right yeah, desperately want the world to change. Mm-hmm. So doing this podcast, we're constantly evaluating, like, has something shifted? Has it made a difference? Because whatever, I don't, I don't want to say this stuff. I don't want to have to talk about this again. Again, we talk about you know? all the time. We yes. don't talk about think, them as ep- episodically, and yes. our podcast is episodic. I think that there's a level of heartbreak uh-huh. to have to be, get on here and talk about the same yeah. things. Yeah, you know. Yeah, you know. Oh, Five the United States has invaded a country for twenty years. And now it's pulling out and the United States is getting some sort of accolade for leaving. Like, it just don't, yeah. I don't know. <laughs> like, I, or they're being it, criticized for leaving when they're actually really not leaving because they have all of their oil and economic and financial interests in that territory. They treat Afghanistan as if it is a territory. Did they get criticized for leaving? Yeah. Oh, we should have stayed longer and be valiant and brave and courageous and just dumb shit. That is gross. So. Yeah. Four years of this. Four years (laughs) of this. Four Mm -hmm. years of this. But it's been fun. It is super fun. It's super fun. And it's not like me and this nigga here, we don't talk about all this stuff. We don't just <laughs> we do. set the mic up it's true. and be like, here's time to talk. It's like, it's we've already book. talked about it <laughs> forever and ever. And you got to It would be great if we could said. just um, hit record at any time we're having a conversation yeah. so that we could just add it to the podcast. Maybe the episodes will come out faster that way. They would. <laughs> but I ain't going to be, this ain't Housewives. Oh my, I would love, ooh. I think it's also trying for us too to continue to do I, I, and I know anybody who does similar work or work inside of racial social justice or just a black person living in the world you could be a plumber and you still have the same sense of disillusionment with how mainstream popular thought where mm-hmm. it's like everybody is saying that you that People are being too woke. Woke is now used, AV is used in a pejorative sense because after it's been co-opted by white people. Mm. Then they're also saying, you know, there's an echo chamber and they're associating echo chambers with more radical thought or thoughts that Mm -hmm. uh, critical race theory or anything that a black person thinks or posits from our lived experience, that is... Um, an echo chamber. Y'all just listening to each other's opinions and thoughts unchallenged and unquestioned, but I'm like the echo chamber is the mainstream popular opinion mm-hmm. proliferated by the mainstream media. Mm-hmm. It's like It says everybody is trying to appease to a 12 year old girl. Yeah. White girl in Wisconsin. Yes, trying to make you, but because that's be- why the whole concern or the whole uh, criticism around don't be too woke, because it's like and then what? Right. The it's like twelve year olds won't understand. Like I don't understand. And they yeah. understand better than most forty year olds. So yeah. not to diminish twelve year olds, shout out. <laughs> right. But that's what it feels like people are trying to like make it make sense to everybody or to or make activism make, cool or yeah, to make, make it accessible thought. easy yeah um, very like you know the the um game are you you're young but do you remember the game operation yeah i know that game what happens in operation you do the little you stick the pins in the little person ain't no pins 
I don't know. It's a lights on it though. Yeah, you have to put the collarbone where the yeah, collarbone yeah. go, and you can't touch nothing else, or yeah. the little light goes off. Yeah, that's what I feel like people want activism to be. Yeah. Put this here, and if you go outside the lines, then there's something that's gonna go off. But just make sure you you put it in the right spot. Like mm-hmm. it's just all very like like give us the formula. How yes. what is the formula, and then we will go and do it. And right mm-hmm. now it's all forward facing. It's mm-hmm. diversity and inclusion. Mm-hmm. It's, oh, you know, people, what, what are people trying to say? BIPOC is now um, people of the global, global majority, majority, right? Yeah. It's all, finding all these words because that word is the activism. Mm-hmm. Coming up with that word is sufficient. Yes. Right. It's not to actually figure out that colonization has caused us to want to lump each other, mm-hmm. right? To not be considered white, mm-hmm. but it's, what's the word that we can call ourselves and that's sufficient for the day that's gonna free us Mm -hmm. (laughs) and it's a cover-all for all uh if you we're all bipoc then that must mean we all have the same politics yes that must mean we all believe the same things and that all of us are safe to be around and none of us are could possibly be conservative or be uh anti-black anti-black but let me but here's the thing my question is why aren't white people related to like that right Say if, more. if the opposite of the global uh, majority is white, why aren't white people related to like they're all racist? Mm-hmm. Why would that be something that you shouldn't say? Yeah. Do you get what I'm saying? Yeah. If the assumption, if that when people will say, talk to us, you know, people will, you know, say to me and you, but also to the people who are listening. I'm sure you've heard this before. Oh, it's a diverse group. Yeah. So it'll be welcoming or mm-hmm. it's a diverse group. So they know a lot about racial and social justice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If the global majority <laughs> is, 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 has some sort of way of being, mm-hmm. then why don't white people have a way of being? Right. If the opposite is white. Right. right? Mm-hmm. If the opposite of global majority is global minority is then that then is white people. Mm-hmm. Why aren't, don't they have a collective way of being? Why is it only diverse groups, BIPOC? Like, why in the world would BIPOC ever equal not anti-black? Yeah. Why would BIPOC equal safe? Well, why would somebody, <laughs> well, why would somebody message you and say, well, why are you criticizing ALC? We're all BIPOCs. Yeah, why are you <laughs> criticizing a brown person and a black person, a black immigrant? Y'all are saying these words absent from who they are. And what they've done. (laughs) But also selective, too. Yeah. Because AOC, if I remember correctly, is a politician who is incredibly popular. Mm -hmm. Right? Like, I think at this point, more people know who AOC is than Maxine Waters. No. I don't, babe, I don't believe for one second that, again, back to the 12-year-old white girl from Wisconsin. Wisconsin. Does she know who Maxine Waters is? That's a Or does she know who AOC is? Yeah. Was Maxine Waters at the Met Gala? Yes, is a good point. Okay. Does Maxine Waters do Insta meals on Instagram? What the hell is that? <laughs> she does. Don't even tell okay. me. Okay. <laughs> All right. But that's what I'm saying. Does Ma- I don't know. Maxine Waters definitely tweets. But in any way, you get my point. Yeah. So why are you... Regardless, Maxine Waters is also a politician. Mm. They're not not wealthy. I'm sorry. Politicians got money. Mm-hmm. You don't live in D.C. proper and 
and uh, you, she don't commute from Maryland, as far as I'm, I'm understanding. Yeah. <laughs> She's still, AOC is doing all right. Yeah. <laughs> also, Aurora James, the person that designed the dress, is, yes, an immigrant from Canada, but also comes from wealth. Yeah. Right. Owns stores and prime real estate in Brooklyn. Like, why are we leaving out these things? Yes. And only talking about their identities. Mm-hmm. Where could people have possibly gotten that from? Yeah. Did you get it from the freedom and the uh, activism that black people have created around their created identity? Yeah. Could that possibly black people created blackness? Is it the co-opting yeah. of mm-hmm. identity politics mm-hmm. for your own good to to absolve yourself of any responsibility? Yeah. Right? Because literally AOC begins that as what does she say? Before y'all start wilding out. Lots of politicians go to the Met Gala. So immediately you knew. Sorry. You knew that this was going to be an issue. Yeah, so you had to get in front of it. And then you said, in the same post, a black immigrant created this dress. And she started, here we go, pull yourself up by the bootstraps. You ready for this white supremacy? She started this at a flea market. Not knowing that it's not just a flea market in uh, just anywhere in Brooklyn. It is like a flea market that costs money to get into. Is it a current affair? No, it's not a current affair. It's similar to a current okay, affair. Yeah. So, it's, you know, all flea markets are not uh, created equal. Some no. of them are very expensive. Yeah. That is where Aurora James started doing her work. So let's let's just be frank. But the thing is, if you tell your constituents, mm-hmm. right, flea, it's all these words. Like, what did they say? Let's call this... Um, Identity, keyword filling, flea market, brown, black, immigrant. Like Mm -hmm. you are really putting the two on the 10, Mm -hmm. not saying I know that I'm in a position of privilege as a thin, white, Latinx person. Mm -hmm. And this person is also in a position of privilege, being able to start their uh, clothing business and be able to uh, uh, design clothes for me at the Met Gala. They also attended the Met Gala by themselves in 2019. That's Aurora James. Mm-hmm. So they have the privilege and the access to allow me to go to the Met Gala so I can talk to people who are similar in my similar wealth bracket or somewhere, about, or somewhere in the ballpark about I don't know what, but I get to attend. Mm-hmm. That is more transparent than black, brown, immigrant that's more straight up yeah it feels like you're gaslighting me or that's what it feels like you want me to believe it's like she's not a politician at all in people's eyes it's more like it's more like a what is it start with a c and m with a y i'm trumping i'm i'm stumping you on words what is it celebrity Oh, getting. <laughs> I guess that's my thing. It's like the Beyonce effect. I feel like that's what's happening. I feel like what's happening is that you can't talk about AOC. I think it's it's about. I don't think you can't not criticize her. I think the problem that I'm having is that everybody who disagrees, she even called people haters. Yes, everybody who disagrees with a. With AOC is not a hater. 
Mm-hmm. Anybody with a more revolutionary politic or radical leftist politic, people who've done grassroots organizing, local organizers who AOC's campaign has piggybacked off of all of their work and has, you know, s- sort of siphons resources away from them towards her campaign. You can't call those people haters. Mm-mm. You can't deduce a, a legitimate critique of a politician being co-opted you being being used by the state to co-opt um a more leftist radical or progressive bipoc voter base you can't mm-hmm. say that that is just hating mm-hmm. you can't deduce everything to hating mm-hmm. it's like nobody or that oh she just wanted to go and y'all be hating on rich people and if it was y'all y'all would be at the mat mm-hmm. yep. it's nothing wrong it's probably it's like what about the employees who work at the Met? Who don't go, can't go to the Met. What, what if they wanted to go? Can't go. We're not thinking about them if but they But she also to go put that, she said, did you know that you could go to the Met at any time for a low cost? First and foremost, it used to be free to go to the Met. Now it costs $25 and costs $30 apart. Mm-hmm. So it's not free. But also, how much does the Met Gala cost? The one, the thing that you went to. Yeah. <laughs> is there a red carpet at the Met at the Met right now, or is it on a particular day in September or May or whenever the hell they have it? <laughs> and is it in association with Vogue and Condé Nast, okay. so like uh, a large is it multi-million just the Met dollar Gala or is uh, what's her face there? Anna Winter, the racist. Yeah. Literally, countless articles about Anna Winter being a bigot. And, and there's yep. no, there's nothing on your dress about Anna Winter. No, because it's also, <laughs> but this is the same person, y'all. I guess I also want to know from y'all the the crowd of like it's just a dress and it's performative to critique the dress. And I'm like, and why how y'all is it keep talking about per- the dress? And how it's not performative to wear the dress and performative to be upset at people having critiques of the dress? Like y'all yep. in the performance loop as well, like. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? You don't get to just be a bystander in it with your commentary. But my thing is, is like, where does this come from? The selective memory? Where is it? Where? Why don't y'all remember when AOC literally tried to say reparations in the United States needs to be for all people of color, essentially? Mm -hmm. Like where she literally tried to take the attention away from black people doing work on the ground, calling for reparations, uh, hundreds of years worth of work from black people organizing for reparations for black people and saying that everybody brown people too need to be getting reparations <laughs> and we're gonna have a podcast on what is brown teaser coming soon well uh, but can you give us a teaser about what you said about even this idea of brown the idea people of color something erica talked about in 2018 but i'm not gonna get into what is brown right now no. i am gonna get into what is brown in the next podcast i'm gonna say yeah. this though let me say yeah. this um trump's wife what's her name I'm having Melania. Melania. Melania wore a jacket. Do you remember? Yeah, it said. What it said? No, it said, I don't really care. Yeah. That's what it said. Mm -hmm. It's from Zara or some shit. Mm -hmm. Do you know how long people talked about that? Mm -hmm. What's the problem with talking about AOC's dress in the same way that so many people talked about Melania wearing a jacket that says, I don't really care on the back. Mm -hmm. Could you please explain to me what the hell is the difference? What's the difference? Because I'm certain that the, I'm not saying that the, she, Melania has less power. <laughs> Melania is, 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 is the first lady. They don't have yeah. no power as far as I'm understanding. Unless there's something new I need to know that they sign off on legislation as well. I don't think so. I don't think so. <laughs> I don't think they pass anything. I don't, no, they just married to the dude. Yeah. 
this is a politician who said that they're going to fight for their constituents and fight for a better world. So why wouldn't I have critique of that in the same ways that y'all had critique of someone who clearly didn't give a fuck, but y'all talked about it for at least nine months. I mean, the jacket changed. I mean, people say it had fascist roots from like a Italian Mussolini era. Listen, and uh, she was just getting off a plane. She didn't go to an event. Yeah. She was getting off or she was speaking. I think, I think she was speaking. The critique was fine. I ain't had no problem with the critique. Why is there an issue with the critique of AOC's dress? Well, what? people are trying to say that AOC is if we if we all got the opportunity to go to the Met, we would too, and that she's not a politician whose job it is to raise money and raise raise money and raise more money for herself and for her campaign and to pay yeah. her staffers $15 an hour because apparently that's a little that's sufficient wage. In and D- in Washington, that's sufficient D.C. in Washington, mm-hmm. yeah, D.C. Sure. A, a highly um, an equitable uh, place to live, yep. especially for black people. But people are saying that everybody just is hating because they didn't get to go. And that poor people hate rich people. That we hate on rich people. Is that because you're not a rich person, you're not a millionaire, you don't have access to those spaces, then your critique is just really inside of your desire to be a part of that and to have that type of act. This is what people say. Could it be that? Or could it be that I'm tired of paying all these damn taxes to watch y'all go to these events yep. and wear dresses that look like that? Could it Could it be that? Yep. Could it be that? Or could it be that I'm upset that there were people outside of the institution fighting against the police because spaces like the Met are actually displacing black and brown people from the Upper East Side and has been for many years now. Could it be that the Met is a museum, which many museums are, follow the trend of having stolen artifacts from black and brown communities? Could it it also be that or no? Could it be that y'all love somebody so much to the point that it's giving celebrity status and not that you're actually holding their freaking foot to the fire like they, wait for it, said they would with Biden. Yep. Didn't they say they're going to hold them accountable? Didn't they say vote, 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 and then hold them accountable? Mm-hmm. Then what are we, what's the problem with what I'm doing? Mm-hmm. Well, what's the problem? The problem. With calling the dress out. Tell yeah. me what the problem is. I need to know this from y'all. Because if they're saying haters, and before y'all start wilding out, they don't want to be held accountable. No. So it's a whole crock of shit that anybody would say, we can hold them accountable. No, we can't. Well, what I learned and 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 what I what I learned is that when a person is in Congress or any public office, they get sworn in. You saw Casio get sworn in. She had a swearing in ceremony just because she didn't have it on Instagram or TikTok. Didn't mean she didn't take an oath nonetheless to defend the United States government, to defend the United States Constitution against those who it would call its enemies. I'll read it. I do. I blank do solemnly swear or affirm that I will support and defend the Constitution of the United States against all enemies, foreign and domestic, that I will bear true faith and allegiance to the same, that I will take this obligation freely without any mental reservation or purpose of evasion. And I will and I will well and faithfully discharge the duties of the office 
on which I'm about to enter, so help you God. And that's the oath that she took, which is why Ocasio-Cortez also says shit like people def- uh, criticizing Joe Biden um, immigration policies. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not the same as Trump. It's not the same as Trump's. And she took it a step further. Anybody who was critiquing Joe Biden and saying that his um, overflow centers, and, and which which is Joe Biden's words, that he that the dissension centers are overflow centers yep. and overflow facilities that house that still children. Exist. That still exist. To this day. That separate children from their families. 100%. Run by ICE and Border Patrol agents that target black immigrants at some of the highest rates on the Rio Grande. You can look this up. Trying to, people, even in people who've been in the U.S., Haitian people living in the U.S. who fled to Mexico and are attempting to come back yep. are being barred to enter. Um, This is the same reason why she's saying those people critiquing Joe Biden are doing a profound disservice to the cause of justice and that they're quote unquote bad faith actors. You can't tell me that when the presidency changed that y'all are going to hold them accountable and then get upset when they're held accountable. That doesn't make any sense. We go back to why do you tell people to vote? In a, an imperialist police state for people who are just going to maintain yeah. said imperialist police state. There were people getting arrested, yeah. protesting police mm-hmm. outside of the Met Gala, mm-hmm. the event that she attended. Yeah. You have to still come. You have to walk up those steps. The red carpet is in one direction in order for you to be seen. There's no back entrance. You go in the back entrance, but you're not going to walk up the steps. She walked up the steps. Mm -hmm. People were protesting as well. You didn't hear about people protesting. You didn't hear about it eventually. You tweet all the time. Mm -hmm. There's nothing on your Instagram about that. Mm -hmm. There's no no crowdfunding for the Mm -hmm. folks who who were arrested, Mm -hmm. literally had to spend overnight, were released the following day Mm -hmm. after you got home from the Met Gala. Yep. I'm just confused. I'm confused. Like, is it because uh, uh, no one that we know of right in this moment has died by police brutality that that wasn't popular, that that wasn't uh, uh, trending on Twitter? Yeah, because... Is that why? The people who continue to die, the black people who continue to die, their deaths aren't trending. They're still happening. That's what I'm saying. Yes. But that's what I'm saying. It's not trending, so it's not popular to stand out there and protest. Yeah. And protest the police. It's popular to watch the Met Gala and talk about who's wearing what and leave people alone. It's just a dress. But in 2020, in the summer of 2020... Y'all would have been singing a different tune because it's what's popular at the time in the eyes of whiteness. That's it. And if That's the, it. what's popular in the eyes of whiteness is the Met Gala. That's what the fuck we're supposed to be paying attention to and yeah. nothing else. And whiteness has the benefit of the doubt embedded in it. Okay. Why are people who are critiquing people whose work can back up their motherfucking critiques, people who is getting arrested that's a critique. Protesting is a critique okay. of an institution. The beloved Metropolitan Museum of Art that that uh, AOC is calling an institution worth protecting and supporting. That's literally her word. So why is it now, that Come those people don't get the benefit of the doubt? Come why on. is it that those people, why are we quick 
the the people us the the civilians the the constituency the quote unquote people in the United States like why don't we give each other that benefit of the doubt that we get of politicians? Mm-hmm. Why is it that we give politicians the benefit of the doubt with no evidence to support that they deserve that? None. But that's what I'm saying. But it's we're giving, bad. It's giving celebrity. It's giving celebrity. It's giving celebrity. It's like if I'm making... $15 an hour, I don't know how much of the entry-level position, um, maybe a custodial position or a food service position or concession position at the Met Gala is. I don't know what the entry-level is for that. But whatever I'm doing, whatever we're all doing, we have to realize we are subsidizing the lifestyles of, for, of politicians. We're bearing mm-hmm. a tax burden mm-hmm. to subsidize their lifestyle, mm-hmm. to actually pay them to represent us. Yeah, and they're calling us haters. And they're calling us haters. Yeah. As somebody who just paid the IRS hella money today, I'm I'm annoyed. Yeah. <laughs> paid it late. <laughs> I'm annoyed. <laughs> what did you learn about taxes? All I learned is that well, name me one name me a group that was also lay considered labor and an asset. Hmm. Indigenous Africans. Bingo. Ding, 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 ding. Labor Black people asset. were... Slave owners were taxed. There were yeah. taxes, property taxes, and excise taxes. And excise taxes are taxes levied on goods yeah. like spirits and tobacco and enslaved indigenous Africans. Wow. So white people had to pay a tax slave owners had to pay taxes on each of their slaves. And what those taxes did, um, was try to create a, um, a strong domestic manufacturing, um, infrastructure for the nascent United States, um, in the early 18th century. Um, so people that Alex, people like Alexander Hamilton of the fame Hamilton Mm -hmm. production, Mm -hmm. um, you know, could encourage settler colonialist slave traders, uh, people who would live here in the colonies, people like Alexander Hamilton who would decry the fact that colonists in the early United States were being taxed by their uh, mother country, Great Britain. And you would hear that famous quote, no taxation without representation. That's something that Mm -hmm. we learned in grade school. But what people don't realize is that literally slavery provided the basis. There was there was a a, 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 a tax on slaves imported from wow. Britain mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. by the the different royal. Co- it's it's just it's like Ocasio Cortez is sworn in to be a, a congressperson in the House of Representatives into a country that used trade between Britain and Spain. To generate revenue, to build a domestic manufacturing infrastructure, to keep taxes lower for the settler, settler white settler colonialists who came here, yep. the colonists. You know what I mean? To keep taxes lower for them. Yep. Like it, it. This hasn't changed. This 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 hasn't changed. It's the same. Yep. And then wasn't it when emancipation happened 
then slave owners were paid. Yes, they were as a loss. Yes, they it were. was a loss of an asset. And let Jesus. me tell you that the that July fourth, seventeen seventy six, or this country's independence in 1776, those events were damn near precipitated. Much in the same way that the Civil War would be precipitated by the issue of slavery, those events were also precipitated by the issue of slavery. But it was on the decision to tax slave owners. That's wow. how prominently slavery played a role in the building of this country. In the rice, the rice, uh, Alexander Hamilton thought the rice, the tobacco, the indigo that our ancestors built could be taxable exports for other countries. Yeah. This is the beginning of trade. This is the beginning of the of the global market. Yeah. This is the beginnings of capitalism. Yeah. Like this is them figuring it out on our ancestors' backs. The taxation system that we have today is rooted in that. She is a congressperson that defends a constitution that said literally slavery couldn't be banned until 1808. Mm-hmm. And we know that it wasn't banned for another 60 some years. And, and, and that's a word. Everything you said is a word. I hope y'all took notes. If you are resisting critique of your constituents or from, from, from any direction, right. Mm-hmm. As a politician, if you are resisting that critique, silencing people, yeah. What then is your critique of the place you work for? Yeah. If critique is a problem, Mm -hmm. then what are you doing? Yeah. (laughs) Are you ever going to critique it? Are you ever going to critique an imperialist police state? Or is it just you're a hater too? Is the rich not haters? How does a person become rich? Okay. Okay. Doesn't somebody have to be underneath them? Ooh. A right, a, 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 a one of the earliest philo- economic philosophers. I think his name was David Ricardo. It might have been Adam Smith or David Ricardo said that something, some shit about there cannot be an increase in profits, but by the fall of wages, you have to keep wages lower to be rich. <laughs> it cannot mm-hmm. be equitable. Yep. It can't be equitable. This is a country. That we literally the Boston Tea Party motherfuckers getting mad. Alexander Hamilton, all these founding fathers, literally getting upset that the British were taxing them. Yep. While they were owning slaves. <laughs> yep. Because they couldn't make money. Well, no, they were making money, but they just didn't want the they money more off of labor that they didn't have to do. Yeah. <laughs> but that's the rich. That's but this what they is, do. It's all, but that's a contradiction yeah. of the United States. The United States, you have to think about us, especially black people, as the enemies yeah. of the United States. We're the enemies of this country. Obama didn't say, hey, we're going to like do clemency for Assad Shakur yeah, or okay. other political prisoners. Okay. Y'all come talking on. about free Britney all night and day? Fuck some come Britney. Come on. Uh-huh. Come on. What about all the po- black political prisoners still Things in Things that could have been on the dress. <laughs> Why couldn't like it's also I said, tax? We already said this, but tax rich is just vape it. Like tax rich and do what with it? Give more money to war. <laughs> Give yeah. more money to prisons. Well, they're gonna say, well, it'll Give help more fund money to services. immigration centers. Let me say, fund like, universal health care. But you got, you can do it now. You can do it now. <laughs> nope. That's it. That's it. We said it all. You went off. We went that you you really sealed the deal there. I mean, it's not enough historical conversation around taxes. It's not yeah. enough. 
It's not enough. And truly, again, I'm in the presence of needing reparations to come right now after what I just spent at the IRS. But what I want y'all to And who to is be... going to spend that? Trump? AOC? Uh, what? Who's spending spend that what? money? Spend what I just sent to the IRS. Oh, it's for you. It's for the greater good. Oh, what, and what's the that? <laughs> the police. My ass. Right. The military. The police putting t- dumb tickets on my I, car I every want, goddamn day. That's what I'm saying. I want black people to be, to be hip. Alexander Hamilton, y'all favorite. Own words, the tobacco, rice, and indigo that black people grew and produced in this country to begin this fucking country so that it can be a fucking country. Baby, you already said this. Which No, his quote is, which must be capital objects in treaties of commerce with foreign nations. Steal uh, other shit that people export and import. Our ancestors started that. They were sure being imported and exported and creating imports and exported taxable goods. Y'all gotta get hip. It's not just about no tax the rich and wearing no fucking dress. She couldn't have any other motive associated she with just that. there in a white dress and called out the man. And started kikiing and he and like you said ain't Could've nobody. Could have been like it's really interesting that Condé Nasto has so much money considering how many times they've been called out for pushing black people out of their institution. I mean you could have gone anywhere but you don't care. You just care about getting money into your campaign which is why you have merch and sweatshirts that cost $58 that say tax the rich on them. Yep. And people told me that they've been up, that's been up on the website for like six months. Yeah. Makes sense. But they said it to you in a defense of her. Like, yes, she's already been Because I thought it was it. a launch. But it's not. It's already been there. I thought it was new. It's not new. It's already been there, which makes it even worse. <laughs> Tax and Rich came from some dude, Rousseau. Yep. In Paris. Just a bunch of white people. Just quoting white people constantly. Quoting white people who during the times wasn't doing a damn yeah, motherfucking thing. But nothing creating thing. race, likely. <laughs> creating race. Okay, babe. I'm done. All I'm right. done. The, the moral of this story Babe, is, is the moral is complete have a healthy level of skepticism and hey, hey, I don't give a fuck who disagreeing is that no, good or am I hating you're a hater is TikTok great or I'm hella irritated it's giving hater hating? and you didn't understand the assignment wow okay. <laughs> but it's lit okay. we it love lit, y'all thank y'all for listening to our podcast our super long podcast we'll likely be back in about December or so Bye, everybody. Be safe. If you are in a uh, country or a state that is oftentimes impacted or in the the pathway of hurricanes, we are currently in hurricane season. Just want to send all of our love and our healing and our support out to the folks who live in the Gulf or near the Gulf, um, to the people who live in the Caribbean, um, even all the way up the East Coast, right? So just sending all of our love and hopefully, you know, hurricane shutters and lots of flooding um, of uh, vacuums and electricity your way because I know we were going to be in this thing until about November, the end of November. Um, so yeah, just send in love and we will be shouting out different mutual aids um, that are supporting different folks who need support recovery um, funds because it is expensive to live one in a hurricane zone but also to recover from one. So, yeah. All right, yes. everybody. All right. And we need to talk about... Ebony does this every time. Love you. Oh, come on, cuz. Love y'all.